Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome to Cinerex Cardcast, your one-stop podcast shop for all things hockey cards. My name is Eric Andrews, also known in the hobby as Hammerhawks. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow hobbyist Aaron Goldstein, better known as Crease Collector. And also joining us for the episode is Matt Burrows, a fellow collector who joined me at the National. And many of you may know Matt better as Tomcat underscore sports cards on Instagram. So as the title would kind of indicate and as that intro alluded to, This episode will be all about the 2023 National Sports Collectors Convention, which is in Chicago at the end of July. And as is the case following card shows that either Aaron or I attend, we generally do kind of like a recap episode afterward, just sharing about our experience and some pickups and things like that. And obviously, with Matt having joined me at the show, I wanted to have him on to share about his experience as well. So kind of how we'll do this is we'll just go um, kind of day by day, kind of going back and forth about our experiences and our pickups and stuff. Both Matt and I were there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I don't know if you want to start with with your experience first, Matt, or maybe what would be better is if we kind of just did kind of like some general takeaways from the show or observations, like how we were kind of discussing before we started recording. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I do appreciate it. It's great to join you guys. And it's it's been great to interact with you over the last few years. And obviously, it was awesome to, to see you and hang out with you at the National. It would have been great to have Aaron there, but uh, we need to give him some money for a plane ticket. So maybe next That'd time, be great. come on down. Yeah, maybe next time, you know, <laughs> a trip to the National sounds pretty good. I think like, I would be totally lost with the other sports, but I think that'd be just such a cool thing to attend. But for now, I'm okay with the expo, you know, right in my backyard. So for now, I'm 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get up there and uh, join you hopefully soon. But yeah, I think we we had it was great because Eric and I got to chat the day before we went, kind of going over what our expectations would be. And going into this whole thing, just like I'm sure it is for you too, Aaron, and and when you go to the expo, it's just, it's more about being able to socialize with fellow collectors. And and that's what the priority was for me. I wasn't really going there expecting to find anything, let alone Marc-Andre Fleury. I think that was more of a, just if there's something there, there's something there. But so I I think in general, that was, that was the thing that I was most excited about. I, I had no idea what we were in store for when we first walked through those doors um i'll go i'll throw this one to eric but i, I was i had gone in 2019 and i wasn't looking for hockey at the time i wish i was because it was probably cheap and all in the boxes that i would have been digging through so uh anyways you know when i got there yeah i, I just couldn't believe what we saw you know eric it was just like so overwhelming it was yeah for those who didn't attend or haven't attended a national before the convention center in Chicago kind of has like, I would say like one main convention hall that they have pretty much always used for these shows. And then they kind of have like an adjacent one that's 
a lot smaller. It's still a good size, but definitely much smaller than the main showroom. And that's kind of the space that they typically have used in the past is those two rooms. And they were using both of those as usual this time, but they were also using a completely additional showroom, which was basically probably the same size as the main one anyway. So, you know, you normally have a lot of space between those rooms, but then adding on that third room, maybe didn't quite double the amount of space, but it was substantially more. I believe I read an article that said it was like 600,000 square feet of floor space for the show, which is just bonkers. So, you know, and having gone to the Chicago National, I think like probably a handful of times before this year, I kind of figured that it was going to just be those two rooms. And then when I discovered that there was this new additional room, I was just like completely blown away, overwhelmed, like, oh, wow, like this just keeps going and going and going and going. So yeah, that was definitely a lot to take in, but definitely, definitely a fun way to kind of just get in the mindset. How do you like, I'm just going to jump in here. So when you talk about that extra space and, you know, you first get there, like, what's your kind of game plan? You know, you see all that space, like, what are you guys thinking? First, like, this is insane. But after that, like, what are you guys thinking? Like, how do I sort of attack this? Like, where do I go? Like, after I go where I want to go, where do, like, where do I go next? Do I circle back? Like, what were you guys thinking? I have to imagine too, Aaron, that that is substantially bigger than the expo. Does that sound like it like sounds, it sounds bigger. I mean, the expo was huge and and I guess it's similar thing where you got to have a game plan because it is massive, but yeah, I mean, it sounds huge. It sounds bigger. So that is, and, and you, and like, it's kind of hard because you guys don't know who has hockey. So a guy right in front of you might have hockey, you know, another guy at the farthest point away from you might have hockey as well. So it's like, you got to circle around to everybody and see what they have and sort of remember where these hockey guys are. And so it's, probably quite challenging. So yeah, what were you guys thinking? Well, I know for for myself, I, I kind of wanted to stick to the main showroom the first day. And Eric, he, he'll probably talk about what he had some other things he had to do right off the bat. So we were, we I don't even think we saw each other until the end of the day that day, because we were so busy doing different things. But for me, I said, don't let yourself wander into other areas because you know the whole squirrel 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 like you just can't stay focused if you're just kind of wandering aimlessly so i stuck to the i floor. do that you do that <laughs> i do that I, i'll admit like at the eggs i'm just wandering everywhere and then i'm like oh wait i, I went here before cool and then i, I it's so I so hard not like, to do that man. it is so hard game, not to do that like yeah. i was you know i'm just gonna say like that is a great game plan like forcing yourself to one room you know, for a little while until you fully circle around and then moving on. That is a a really good game plan. Maybe I should adopt that. I saw people with like little maps and they were like crossing off one by one. I'm like, I don't got time for that, man. I love maps. It was, I mean, the one map I saw, I mean, you had to like go like this and put it up to your eyeball to even see I'm like, you know what? I will just visually, I'm a visual learner. I will start remembering, you know, this is where upper deck is. This is where that is. So I kind of took sections and the first day was just a scope out day. Eric and I talked about that. Like don't dig through boxes The the rare, you know, flurry out of 10 or whatever, you know, the Jalmerson 101 is not going to probably sit in a dollar box. So you don't have to worry about that. So just kind of cover the general floor and, and uh, 
yeah, the first day was surprisingly lucky for me. But uh, before I share that, I know, Eric, did you kind of have a game plan as well? Because I know you had to run off to, yeah, anyways, I'll let you tell about that. <laughs> yeah. So to answer your question, Aaron, I think my kind of strategy, I would say in general at the show, but especially this year, like Matt kind of alluded to, I had a couple of things that I needed to get done right when I got there on Thursday morning. So I took care of those and I'll share about those later. But once I was done with those, that's kind of when I discovered that there was this additional hall that was being used. So I was like, okay, let me look around here a little bit. And kind of as I kept going, I realized that it just kept going and going and going and going. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go all the way down and just start at one edge and just start snaking my way through the aisles. So that's kind of how I do it is just start at one edge, one corner, and then just work your way through. And like Matt was saying, and I think is probably the best way to do it is kind of just get an idea of what's there, you know, as far as, you know, types of booths and things like that. And, you know, fortunately for me, I would say I have a really good eye that I can kind of just be strolling past a booth and tell whether or not there's something there for me or not. And given that there's not much hockey at the national comparatively, it's pretty easy to just say, oh yeah, like this booth doesn't have anything for me. I'm just going to keep on rolling. So that's kind of how I did it. Is I just went through that uh, additional hall on the first day and uh, yeah, just kind of picked my way through and same thing with, you know, the, the in-between hall and then the main hall uh, later on, you know, just kind of taking inventory of what's there. And then obviously if you see something that you want, you know, grab it. But it's also not bad to kind of make those mental notes of, okay, this guy has a lot of hockey, like I'll keep that in mind, maybe I'll come back later, stuff like that. So yeah, I would say that's kind of how I tackled it. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's almost not that you have to do it that way. But I feel like that's the best way to not feel ridiculously overwhelmed. Because if you are kind of just scatterbrained going all over the place, there's probably no way that you'd really be able to ensure that you see everything. So yeah, I think that's just a good way to go about it. And I think I was saying this to you, Matt, and I know I said this to a couple other people, but I can't imagine going to the national as like a baseball collector or a basketball collector or a football collector, because you could literally spend weeks going through all of the booths if you were collecting a main sport. So the fact that we're just hockey guys, I mean, I know, Matt, you collect some other stuff too, but you know, generally we're kind of looking for hockey. So that actually, in a way, almost makes it feel more attainable because you can just say, okay, you know, this booth is all baseball. Like, I'm not going to waste my time looking and just keep moving. So while it's kind of, you know, maybe you might wish that there was more hockey there. On the flip side, it's also probably a good thing that there isn't because if there was, there's just no way that you could scale through everything. That's kind of like the expo is what you described. <laughs> you know, it's that level of True. insanity. Uh, every booth basically is uh, is hockey. So yeah, that's awesome. So that's a great plan of attack, I think. So, and I got to ask, did any of you guys get lost? And I don't mean get lost like, like a five-year-old in a mall. I mean, like, you know, you thought you were going down, you know, an aisle that you thought you were down earlier. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, where am I? Type thing. Because it just seems... You know, and plus the added space we talked about earlier, just so just crazy there. I just made landmarks, tag grading at both the main floor and the secondary main floor. Those were the two landmarks I made because there was that breaker section, which was just, 
you know, every time you walk through there, ah! so, you know, just, it was, it was definitely a, a spectacle in itself, but I made landmarks in each of the floor, not the floors, but the, the sections there. I made landmarks. Upper deck was the easy one, obviously, because it's kind of in the back center. So you could either go right or left from there. And then the main tag place where you could see the grading happening, that was kind of the entrance into the other main section. So I just kind of made that and I got lost once. I remember just because I didn't realize how big it really was. Back in 2019, it was just one floor. So you could easily like there's upper deck, there's that, there's PSA. I know where I'm at. So yeah, I have to say too, a good plan of attack. It was really fun for, for me the first and the third day. The first day I was there with my friend Jeremy and he and I kind of walked part of it. And then when the third day I was with Eric and we covered a ton of ground and like three hours, two hours, we picked a section and we just weaved our way back and forth. And I think one time Eric's like, no, 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 come back. Like we got to finish this row first. So um, <laughs> it, it, it really is good to have a, a buddy there with you to kind of, you know, not hold you accountable, but like make sure you guys are covering as much ground and being efficient. And, uh, and so I think that that really made a huge difference. And I, I don't think we would have seen half as much as we did that last day. We, we both found some, some really cool things that were, you know, show pickups and we hadn't, we wouldn't have done that without kind of tag teaming it along the way. So definitely a good strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would definitely agree with that. I would say there were, there were probably a couple of times, I don't know, probably the third day actually, which it seems like you wouldn't do it on the third day, but there were a couple of times where I caught myself thinking I was going down a new aisle and then I was like, oh no, I've already seen that booth and being confused at myself that I somehow got in that situation. But yeah, I mean, once you realize that, then you're like, oh, okay, I need to go over to the next row and uh, kind of get back on track. But yeah, I feel like that's probably a pretty good like introduction to our overall experience at the show. Matt, do you want to start going through your uh, your Thursday recap and pickups and experiences? Yeah, for sure. Well, and for anybody that's been to a big card show, Aaron, obviously at the Expo, the first day, I don't think anybody, really, you either have an amazing first day or your first day is just like, I haven't found anything because I'm so overwhelmed. So I really went in there thinking, I'm not going to leave with anything today. I don't plan on it. Maybe one card. I knew there was a flurry, uh, be a player sticker auto somewhere in an area that I was. And I was able to find that right off the bat. So I'm like, cool. I got my card. I don't have it. I found a flurry. I don't have at the national. What are the odds? Like I wasn't expecting that at all. Kind of made my way past that. And I find this, this guy with a bunch of hockey jerseys hanging up and I'm like, Oh, I see penguins jerseys. Something just like get over there. So I go over and introduce myself and I look down and there's, you know, a top 10 most wanted Mark andre Fleury card sitting right in front of me. And I was just like, this is crazy. What, what are the odds this thing is here? It was the uh, Black Diamond Championship banner auto, which the non-autos go for like 60 to $80 of him when they show up. So I couldn't believe it. I'm just like beside myself. So I, like Jeremy walks over, say, hey, you know, like <laughs> relax. Cause I was just so overwhelmed. All he had was hockey. Couldn't believe it. So I uh, was able to get a good deal on that. And then I didn't even realize there was also a quad cup foundations patch out of 10 sitting there that I didn't have either, which is like, this is, this is just like, I'm, I can leave now. <laughs> like, so I, again, I, you talked about strategies too, which we didn't mention, but I came with enough cash that I knew if I found, you know, like the diamond flawless diamond out of five or something else really rare that I needed that I could leave with that card using cash. So because I had cash, I was able to kind of talk him down a little bit. And then to kind of end my day that day, 
he, 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 we were talking about his jerseys. He had, and he brings out a 2016 flurry playoff game worn Jersey. And he's like, you want to hold this thing? And I'm just like, well, that depends on how much it costs. He said, well, like $15,000. I'm like, why don't you hold on to that? And then he goes, you can try it on if you want to take a picture. I'm like, no, dude, like if it was 09, sure. I would have definitely put it on, but you know, I, I asked him to put it back. I didn't even want to like breathe on the thing, but it was an amazing first day. It was just, it flew by so fast. All of a sudden I looked down and it's Eric's like, all right, man, it's time to go. So it was, it was honestly, if that was my only day there, I would have called it a major win, but yeah, it was good. Really good first day. Kind of got the lay of the land, saw where everything is. So I knew how I was going to attack things the next day. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think, and you know, we said this multiple times throughout the weekend, but if all you came away with from the show was those two cards, like you would have been over the moon. So yeah, the fact that you did get those and obviously some other stuff, pretty great show. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I, I told, I remember saying out loud, this, everything else from here on out is the cherry on the Sunday, that whole phrase. I mean, it, I knew that no matter what happened, if I didn't find another card, I would have fun looking at everything in there and I would make, you know, focus on interacting with my friends and the hobby people that we've all met on Instagram and on YouTube and, that was, that was just, I was like, all right, I don't have to worry about anything from here on out. This was totally worth it. <laughs> and you mentioned there too, you know, being able to interact with friends and meet different people and stuff. I know you had a pretty fun experience on Thursday night as well, if you want to talk about that. Oh boy, I'm trying to remember what happened on Thursday night. It was such a blur. I remember what you did on Thursday night. That was what I was so, so you know, pumped about. And then of course uh, we got to watch it after and you're going to talk about that, but uh, you'll have to give me a reminder, like what, uh, what else, what else happened? Who else did we meet? The dinner is great. <laughs> okay, there we go. See, thank you. Because I was I was thinking pizza because that was that's been on my mind. That pizza was so good. But uh, yeah, that was that was sure fascinating to to get to that dinner that Mitch set up, uh, Grotman Cards, and meet all these hockey collectors. And, and the funny thing was, I'm sure Aaron, you're probably going to do the same thing. Many of us haven't seen pictures of these people. You know, you, you, you know, their tags on Instagram. Right. And then these, oh, these yeah, guys, that happens all the time. Right. I'm, I'm sure you would have you would have asked the same question I did. And uh, so these people are like coming up, coming up. And I'm like, hey, I'm Matt. And they're like, yeah, I'm Daniel. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. So I said, who are you on social media? He's, I'm, you know, D.A. Vincent or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stack sale guy. I'm Tom Casports card. So <clears throat> it was really cool to meet just a variety of collectors, guys that whose collections I, I definitely admire and I love seeing their passion for the hobby and just get to, you know, meet them in person. You know, the one guy, he kind of, his personality fit his collection. He was very rambunctious and um, then some other people were a bit more kind of low key on Instagram, same thing. So that was really a highlight. I'm re I really wish Eric would have been able to make it, but uh, yeah, anyway, I'll let you talk about your Thursday, but yeah, it was, I was completely, my cup was full by the end of the night on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely wish I could have been there. I'd planned on meeting up with a friend from high school for dinner that night and it kind of fell apart at the last minute, but I was already back home and it wouldn't have really made sense to drive like 40 minutes back to the show to go to dinner and stuff. So unfortunately missed out on that, but obviously got to hear a few pretty fun stories from that since Matt was able to attend. But yeah, for my Thursday, kind of as I alluded to earlier, had a couple things that I wanted to get out of the way first. Unfortunately, I'll start with probably like the biggest disappointment of the show. Ahead of the show, probably like a couple weeks ahead of time, a lot of you probably know who Nat Turner is at PSA. And uh, he had tweeted out 
basically saying, you know, hey, if anybody has any big dollar cards that they have graded by a different company and they want to switch over to being graded by PSA, reach out to me. And, you know, if I approve of it, then we'll connect at the show and we can do a free review of the card uh, to cross over to PSA. And then obviously, if it meets your requirements, then at that point, then you would pay the grading fee. But just the the f- review of the card would be free. So obviously, that's you know a pretty you know good deal because normally it's just you submit the card for the crossover service, and if it meets it, you pay. If it doesn't meet it, you still pay. So the fact that he was willing to do the free review uh, obviously was a pretty enticing thing. So. I reached out to him in regard to my George Vesna rookie card since it's graded by SGC. And I'd always kind of wanted to cross it over to PSA or had thought about doing it in the past and just had never really gotten around to it. So then obviously when he offered that on Twitter, I was like, okay, like this is this is a good opportunity to do this. So I reached out to him and showed him the card and we talked a little bit about it. And he was like, yep, like that sounds good. You know, whenever you are at the show, just stop by the PSA booth and find me and and we'll get you taken care of. So I was like, okay, great. Sounds good. So Thursday morning, I was like, okay, PSA is probably going to be a total zoo the entire show. So I want to get there first thing Thursday morning and just go straight there to try to avoid any lines and hopefully speed up this process. So that's what we did, you know, as soon as we got there and went in, that's kind of Matt when you went and started exploring the main show floor. And then I went over to the PSA booth, which was kind of in that middle joining room. So I went there and stood in line. And uh, since it was first thing in the morning, the line wasn't too bad. It was probably only only took like five or 10 minutes to actually get up to the counter. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, like Nat isn't here right now. So just like stand off to the side you know, and we'll tell you, tell him that you're here and have him come over and meet with you. So I was like, okay, sounds great. So time kind of keeps going by, keeps going by. And it's like, okay, like, I wonder how long this is going to take, blah, blah, blah. And it just feels like forever and ever and ever, and that he's never going to be there. So eventually an hour and a half goes by and he finally shows up and I, you know, can't blame him at all. I know he's a busy guy and there's a lot for them to be doing there. So no, no fault of his own there at all. But yeah, so after an hour and a half, he comes over, talks to me and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm Eric. We had talked about the card and I, you know, give him the card and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like I remember this one. Okay. Like let's come over here and do some paperwork. So like, okay, sounds great. So we kind of start going through the process and then he says like, Oh, like what, and what is this worth? And I was like, oh, well, it's kind of hard to say because they don't come up super often, but, you know, probably like five, six thousand dollars, something in that neighborhood. And he was like, oh, well, we're only doing this for cars that are like twenty five thousand or more. And I was like, "Okay." And he's basically just like, yeah, like, sorry, like you're kind of out of luck. But like, if you want to just submit it, you can do that. And I was like, "Okay, I guess. Like, I'll see you later then. (laughs) So it was just frustrating because obviously I more or less wasted an hour and a half just kind of waiting around. But the biggest thing was, you know, just frustrating that he had given me prior approval on that card already and then didn't honor his word on it. So, yeah, that was definitely a pretty frustrating experience to start the show. So, yeah, definitely that was the, the low light of the show for me. Obviously, it got better from there, which is good. But yeah, just a not a great way to start, you know, feeling that you just totally wasted a lot of time 
And thankfully, you know, knowing that we were going to be there for three days kind of helped redeem that because if like if I had only been able to go for one day and I just wasted a lot of that time, that would have been really bad. So at least, you know, knowing that we had more time made it a little bit more manageable of of the time being spent there. But anyway, not to harp on that too much, but definitely a, a notable experience for sure. But from there, switching to a different creating company, uh, I had actually brought a couple of cards that I wanted to submit to tag. And uh, I know that you mentioned them earlier in the show, Matt, but um, I've just been really kind of intrigued by tag since they're definitely a newer uh, company in the grading game and, you know, definitely do things a little bit differently than the other grading companies do, at least the, you know, kind of the more well-known ones. So I had kind of decided on a couple of cards that I wanted to bring and I'll get to those later, but thankfully their process was extremely quick, extremely efficient, like super easy. So I probably didn't spend more than like five minutes at their booth getting these two cards submitted for grading. So it was like, yeah, like this is how that's supposed to go. So that was kind of a an interesting juxtaposition there between the two. Obviously, I know people love PSA and stuff, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, TAG is definitely doing a lot of things right, which we will get into later on when I show off the cards that I had graded. But yeah, so I, I dropped those off. And then at that point, that's when I kind of discovered that this additional hall was actually like full of booths and everything. So that's when I ended up going to the the one edge and kind of started picking my way through. And I would say like, I was definitely still kind of like thrown off by the whole PSA experience. So I was just like, I don't know if like rattled is the right word, but just like I wasn't on my game, like the first few aisles, I was so like trying to just like get back in the mindset of like, okay, I'm looking for cards, like what's going on here and stuff. So kind of was just working my way through. And I think probably like four aisles in kind of just saw a card that caught my eye. And initially it actually caught my eye for Josh Packham, who's obviously a friend of the show. He collects, uh, you know, Alex Ovechkin, not like as a super collector, but he has a pretty substantial Ovechkin collection. So I saw this card and was just like, Hey, like, I wonder if he would be interested in it. You know, if he, if he wants it, I'll pick it up and grab it for him and we'll figure it out later. So just grabbed a picture of it, sent it to him. And then I'm kind of standing there waiting to see if he'll reply and the more and more I keep thinking about it, the more and more I'm like, this is a really sweet card. Like, I might just kind of want to get this thing for myself. So without even hearing back from him, I kind of just talked to the the vendor and just say, hey, like, you know, what can you kind of do on this? And kind of went back and forth a little bit, but came to a price that I thought, you know, was fair. I wouldn't say it was like a, a really good deal, but I thought was fair for what it is and grabbed it and just said, you know, if I end up keeping this for myself, like... I'm good with that because it's a really cool card. So I know Matt really liked this one too, but Aaron, I'll show you since you obviously haven't seen any of this stuff, but it's from the new Leaf Art of Hockey. It's a Museum of Materials numbered out of okay, five. It's pretty cool release. Of course. Yes, it is. A lot of really, really pretty cards in that product for sure. And this one is no different. Uh, numbered out of five, of course, of Ovechkin, like I said. Oh, that's really nice. That's so cool. That's awesome. Great, uh, great patch on that thing. Nice uh, jersey tag there. That's awesome. Always yep. love when they include those cards. Yep. So Who says car cards can't be cool without a picture? I mean, it's a great card. True. I mean, it'd be nicer if it pictured Ovechkin, but, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, having a, a huge, you know, pretty much half of the McGray group jersey tag is pretty awesome. And uh, what I didn't realize at the time that I bought it, 
Uh, I ended up discovering this when I got in the car at the end of the day. But obviously on the tag, it has kind of like the certification number for the jersey. And you can go on their website and look up, you know, when the jersey was worn and stuff like that. So once I got in the car, I was like, okay, like now that I can kind of breathe, I'm going to look up when this thing was used. So I looked it up on their site and I could tell just based on the tag that it was from 2016-17. So that kind of helped me narrow it down. And then on their report, you know, go through, find the number that matches up with the tag and discover that it was actually from one of their like retro jerseys, which I like those way better than the uh, just their normal home and away. And it was from the 100th season. So that's also kind of a cool little bonus. But what's really cool about it is that it was actually just worn for one single game. And that game just so happened to be against the Chicago Blackhawks. So that kind of almost like reassured me that, yep, like this was a good card for you to pick up. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, and, and I know Matt will get into stuff that fits in this category more as well, but this is absolutely the definition of like a show pickup, like something that if I saw it on Facebook or on eBay or whatever, I probably wouldn't think much of it. Definitely wouldn't make a play on it, wouldn't acquire it, like still would think it's cool, but just wouldn't really, you know, pursue it at all. But, you know, just the fact that it's sitting there right in front of you, and you can really appreciate it for what it is and, you know, see it with your own eyes and stuff just kind of makes you say, yep, like that's a really cool card that I want to grab. So yeah, that's kind of like the epitome of a show pickup for me. And I'm definitely glad I did because I would say that that was probably my best pickup of the show. So not that there weren't any other good pickups because I'll get to those later, but yeah, definitely was happy with that one and definitely glad that I did go ahead and do that. So that was like my first my first pickup of the show and definitely felt good about that one. Then turning gears, going into the show, I also knew that Thursday was kind of going to be, you know, less so about looking for cars and more so kind of about other commitments. I obviously talked about the PSA experience, but then uh, I have a friend of mine who is a beat reporter for the Blackhawks. He works for a company called CHGO Sports, and they have just like groups of uh, people that cover each of the Chicago sports franchises. So they have like a Cubs group and a Bears group and a Bulls group and a Sox group and the Blackhawks and on and on and on. And they kind of have a more laid back casual style where they still do reporting. They still go to games and, you know, cover the games and go to the press conferences and all that that you'd see from other beat reporters. But they just have a much more like laid back casual style, which I think is really great because it just makes it more relatable for the everyday fan. And uh, part of that is they have a daily uh, live podcast that they do on YouTube. And they, CHGO Sports, decided that they were going to have each of their groups do their show live from the National on Thursday. Uh, normally, they just do it from their, their studio and their office. But they said, you know, hey, this is in Chicago this year. Let's go do the show from the National. So I saw that they were going to do that. So I reached out to my buddy and just said, hey, like, I'll be there. It'd be really cool if, you know, we could meet up and chat for a minute, hang out. We hadn't seen each other in quite a few years. So it's like, hey, like, it'd be awesome to just hang out and catch up for a few minutes. And he was like, yeah, well, how about you actually come join us on our show and you can talk about cards and stuff since, you know, it's going to be at the National and we're kind of here to cover that and stuff. So if you want to jump on the show and just talk about cards for a while, like, that'd be awesome. So uh, that was really, really fun. That was probably one of my, honestly, one of my highlights of the show, um, just being able to do that and meet some new people through that and, and just talk about cards and 
brought some cards to show off on their show, which I know they really enjoyed and was a lot of fun to just kind of show off some interesting pieces that way. Some of you might have seen that we had shared about that, uh, their podcast episode at the time on our social media. So some of you might have already seen the episode, but for those who have not seen or heard it at this point, I'm going to go ahead and uh, drop it into our episode here right now. So obviously this audio and video from their podcast is courtesy of CHGO Sports and the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. All right. Joining us now on the show, he's way over there. Hey, Eric. How's hey. it going? Eric Andrews from the Center Ice Card Cast. This is a uh, sports card collecting expert. I am not a sports card collecting <laughs> expert, Eric. But I want to start before we get into uh, to your expertise, which is fascinating to me being at the show. Um, we walked in here and the biggest face we saw so far was Connor Bedard. What does the what does a player like that do for the hockey card market? It's huge, honestly. Um, you know, obviously, for the f- four major sports, hockey is definitely fourth, especially in the card landscape. So when you get a generational talent like Connor Bedard coming in, and especially playing for a big market team like the Blackhawks, it's huge because not only you know do you get your hockey fans and your fans of that team, but you also have people just from the city that are you know going to buy into that hype and want to collect his cards and stuff too. So, yeah, I mean, his impact on the hobby will be huge, no doubt. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Uh, say, you know, May 8th doesn't go our way, and it's the Columbus Blue Jackets mm-hmm. that get number one. I mean, you got to think the yeah, folks sure. at Upper Deck are ecstatic that he's Absolutely. in a Blackhawk jersey and not playing for Arizona or Columbus, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's good for them, too, because obviously – the more interest there is, the more of their product is going to sell. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they are thrilled about that. Well, and this, you know, convention is, you know, the biggest that I, I think I've ever seen or heard of in, in the card collecting community. And, you know, just here we've seen a wall of Bedard jerseys. We've seen a big poster from him from, from Upper Deck. So when you have these these kind of events where everyone is coming in, everyone, you know, in, in the collecting community and in the, in the, cro- the crossover with the hockey community, you know, that's where you're going to see, like, you know, kids of, of, of these generations. We were talking about it off the air before the show uh, in a different way. But kids of this generation, they latch on to, like, a lot of the, the, the top athletes. Like, you'll have kids in, in Chicago rooting for LeBron James. You'll got, you know, Steph Curry. you got pe- people who live in, you know, California cheering for Aaron Rodgers when you know, he's playing in New York and Green Bay. You have that now of a player in Chicago that could captivate – you know, fan bases from all these different areas. So when you have something like this, it's like an opportunity for like people from all over the place to come and get that memorabilia and be able to blow that, blow that up outside of just in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually here um, with a friend from Alaska, actually. So he flew down for this. Um, he's a big Mark andre Fleury fan and collector. Um, I know he's been having a good time today. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it just brings people from every corner of the collecting universe. I mean, people flying internationally, you know, from overseas and everything. So, yeah, I mean, this is as big as it gets for not only cars, but, I mean, it's, it's also memorabilia and other things, too. That's what I want to ask you about as, I, as we're, we got here early and we're wandering the convention center and we see these vendors with cases and cases and cases of cards and you see that 500 700 $2,000, and they've got 15, 20 of these cases. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea, like, how do they travel with this stuff? Yeah. Like, do they fly with all these things, like, packed up? Like, how does 
what are the logistics of it? Maybe you don't know, and if you don't know, that's cool. But like, what are the logistics of one of these major card vendors traveling and, and getting their stuff sold at one of these shows? Yeah, it's definitely a case-by-case type of situation. If it's just like an individual that has their own booth, um, depending on where they live, they might drive, they might fly. Um, I mean, if I was doing it and I was from far away, I would probably want to drive and make sure that I'm kind of in control of my stuff. Um, as far as like the big retailers that are selling boxes of cards and they just have you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of inventory, um, obviously they've got pretty good insurance to, yeah. to help <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, minimize any potential uh, issues there. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about for sure. Yeah, this, this place, it's insane how big it is and how much stuff is out there. Like, I can't, it's yeah. It's overload. Like, I, Jay and I did a lap when we got here, and within 15 minutes, it's like, I cannot process anything else that's going. There's just too yeah. much stuff, and I don't have enough money for nearly as everything I want to like buy. Cal Ripken jersey, though, Greg. Stop. $300. Stop. It was a hell of a deal. <laughs> is that Zack Ryder? Is it? I think it was Zack Ryder. Who, who, who? That's Zack Ryder? Um, oh, no. No. The other guy. The other guy that was Hulk the Hogan. edge head. <laughs> Not Zack Ryder. Iron Cheek. No. Yokozuna. It'll come to me later. Bam, bam, anyway, bam. sorry, I derailed everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was going to ask Eric. Um, <laughs> you're, you're the you're the, the hockey collectible guy. You know a lot more. I just open 90s card packs on TikTok. You know, that's all I do. And, sure. I, and I mispronounce everybody's name. Um, but... Uh, if someone wants to get in and they want to start collecting Connor Bedard, mm-hmm. like, is there something that's already out that's like already that must have item, or is it coming out as the season starts? Like, what's to look for if you want to start on the bottom floor at Connor Bedard memorabilia? What what are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, as far as cards, um, he has a a deal with Upper Deck, so they also have a contract with the CHL. So he's had uh, CHL cards for a couple of years already. Um, you know, so a lot of people have been going after those. The thing with that is kind of once guys get NHL cards, then those CHL cards become a little bit less desirable because um, people want the NHL stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, as the 23-24 products start coming out, that's really when you're going to see people start to really get more involved and in, in wanting to pick up that kind of stuff. Um, probably Upper Deck Series 2 will be the first product that he's really in. Uh, that'll be his Young Guns rookie card, which is kind of like the, the staple, iconic rookie card that everyone wants. We have a, a question in our chat, and, and I think it's something I've, I've asked you before sure. um, about 90s hockey cards. And this is, comes from Nate. says, why are all my 90s hockey cards worthless now? And I, I from my parents' basement, uh, had a, found an old box of like 1991 mm-hmm. cards from, I think it's called Score. Sure. And I, I asked you one time, I was like, oh, these, these are some notable players. Like, is this worth anything? And you're like, yeah, probably about two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> How come some cards from that era can be worth hundreds of dollars and some are just a couple cents? The simple answer, uh, most everything from that era was grossly overproduced. So that's why it just doesn't hold value. Um, there are you know, rare instances where there is something that might have been a lot more scarce at the time and you know, now is really hard to find. So that type of thing can hold value and even increase in value over time. But as far as just kind of the everyday type of stuff, you know, the scorecards, stuff like that, um, the value just isn't there because there were so many printed. Yeah. What is your prized possession in terms of cards? I've got a couple of them here. We can 
go into those, or we can get to them later, whatever. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, let's see what you got. You got, you got them on right. the table. Sure. So we'll start off. Um, I'll save the, the two big ones for the end. But okay. first one uh, for the producers, it's the horizontal Tony Esposito. Um, so there's kind of just an assortment of stuff here, um, kind of cool, unique things. So this first one has a piece of cinder block or brick or something from the Chicago Stadium oh, cool. in the card. Oh, that's awesome. So that's just awesome. a kind of unique, cool little piece. Try not to smudge it up. I know we didn't wash our hands after no, meeting it's all good. It's in a I got nacho case. cheese on your card, my it's friend. All right. It's got <laughs> y- this card now has Yarmir Yager's DNA. There we go. It's worth it's even worth more now. It's worth more. So where did that so card's going to score thirty one? goals in the Czech League next year? That is so cool. <laughs> how did you how did you come across that? That's a lo- there's only twenty nine of these in the world. Yes. Holy. What is so? What is this worth? That's probably like fifty bucks ish. So, I'll steal <laughs> oh, Jay's unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> so, I gotta see what I'm stealing. They made a lot of di- they made these of a lot of different like legendary hawks. So there's sure. a lot more than just the 29. But for us, with you know, there's 29. Real quick, I want to ask you too. I noticed yep. there was a card down there. It was, uh, you know, I've seen the ones with jersey patch in there. I know Greg opened uh, Jamie Ben one of those. Mm-hmm. It was uh, does so those jersey patch ones are they more valuable if there's like part of the logo on them? Yep. Okay, so the, the value changes based on what you can make out of the jersey? Yes. Cool. Probably why the Jamie Benn one I got is not worth much because I think it's just like the green. Just the jersey just material. The jersey just yeah. green felt. Yeah. Yep. All right, yeah. what's next? All right, next, another Tony Esposito card. I really like stuff that has multiple different types of memorabilia. So this one has a part of his pad, jersey, glove, and stick. Cool. Wow. Same card. Oh, that's awesome. That is cool. Now this says one of one on it. Is this the, the only, only one? The only, only one. one. Wow. one. So how do you how did you find this? You go to a card show and just you know, um, what do you? Uh, I usually buy, buy stuff online, um, whether it be eBay or forums, Facebook, um, various online stores, stuff like that. Have that you ever? Because cool. we, when we've been walking around here, there have been some booths that say auction on them. Have you have you ever gone and got through things through auctions before? Like what? Not at a show. Done that experience? Um, no, not at a show. Um, I mean, obviously, eBay is an auction site, so I'm sure, very familiar sure. with that. But as far as kind of like in the show context, not so much. Okay. So. All right, what we got next? Next one, um, something that a lot of people really like and, and uh, you know, something people chase after are cards that have the complete logo of the league that the player was playing in. So. This is kind of a cool one. It's Corey Crawford, but it's from one of his AHL jerseys. Oh, wow. oh sweet. That's okay. Awesome. That looks like an Ice Hogs uh, jersey here on the card. So that's pretty sweet. That's an old AHL logo. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's pretty neat. Yeah, Corey Crawford of the uh, Norfolk Admirals and Rockford Ice Hogs. So do you get, uh, do you just like target specific cards you want? Or are you one of these guys that like buys a box and hope you get something cool or a little bit of both? Um, I'm sorry. I would say when I was little, it was more so opening boxes just because it's really enjoyable. But as I've gotten older, um, the value proposition is way better to just buy what you want. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to be satisfied and get your money's worth. So, yeah, I, I tend to go more for just single cards at this point, but I definitely do enjoy opening boxes as well. Uh, the next one, this one's kind of a, a sentimental card. Um, it's of Michel Goulet, so oh, throwing it back a little bit. Is but... that part of his mustache in there? <laughs> <laughs> that we would make see... it way better. We saw Kurt Cobain's hair for sale. Yes, uh, we did. True. Today. True. Yeah. yeah. If there's True. a if there's a uh, Michel Goulet where you get like four mustache hairs in his card, I will buy that card. <laughs> 
That's amazing. <laughs> um, Michelle's actually a good family friend of ours, so I enjoy oh, picking see? up cards of his. And, Hope you uh, some stash here. This one it's actually gone. has the nameplate off of his stick. Oh, holy cow. That's cool. I actually, while covering an, a Rockford awesome. Ice Hawks game, I loved Michelle Goulet. Even when he was on the, uh, the Nordiques before he came to the Hawks, I was at an I was covering an Ice Hogs game in in the press box, like was sitting next to Michelle Goulet, who was scouting for the Penguins at the time, mm-hmm. and it took me like a game half the game before I realized it was Michelle Goulet because he doesn't have the mustache; yeah. he's completely bald now. Yeah, and it took me like I'm like I know this guy, and then I finally cheated and like looked over like his, and I realized it was Michelle Goulet. <laughs> and it was such a really good guy. Yeah, really good guy. Absolutely. I want to uh, address because it's just uh, realizing this now. This is a very visual part of the podcast. So if you're yes. listening uh, to the audio version, go back, watch it on YouTube. You can see all the stuff that Eric's uh, brought to the table here that we're passing along. Uh, really cool stuff. So check out the YouTube uh, as well. To and you'll get be able visual. to see our photo. And hit that Gary like Andrew. button for us. Yeah, smash it, as the kids say. Keep them coming, Eric. This, is, right. this is cool. So these were obviously Hawks related. I don't only do Blackhawks, even though obviously I'm a Hawks fan, but... Another aspect of the hobby that I really enjoy is collecting things that represent a historical element of the sport or, you know, a big name player, whatever it might be. So this one, I think, is, is you know, it speaks for itself. It's a game used pad card of Vladislav Tretiak. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. So wow. that's Eddie Belfour. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's some history right there. Yeah. Very cool. Tretiak was a uh, goaltender for the old Soviet teams. Uh, was a goaltending coach with the Blackhawks. He was, yes, and that's why Eddie Belfour wears number twenty. Yeah, yep. When he, aside from when he was in Chicago, obviously. Yeah, no, awesome. uh, he was the, uh, I believe, the goalie for the Russians in the famous yes, uh, Summit Series '72. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one, uh, of the, one, one is one of the greatest goalies ever. That, in '80, you know, and in the in the '80s. Yeah. for uh, in the, the Olympic Olympic games. Yep, one of the greatest goalies. That, I would venture out say he's the greatest goalie that that didn't play in the NHL. Yeah, like, sure. Oh, yeah. All right, show us your two best, Eric. We've got a few more. Do you want to see the others? Yeah, let's do them quick because we right. gotta we gotta get make way All right. for the next show. Sounds but yeah, good. let's just do them couple, rapid fire. A couple cool ones. Uh, self-explanatory explanatory again, but a Bill, Bill Barilko stick. Oh, very, that, that's out in Toronto. Alex Ovechkin skate laces. Okay, oh, that's the, awesome. The, the yellow skate oh, laces, cool. the unmistakable. Yep. Alex Ovechkin skate laces. That's awesome. Two of three. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I love the Bill Barreco. That's like I'm gonna need a history little right education there. on Bill Barreco. Uh, Maple Leafs player back 50s, 60s, 51 Cup winning. Goal. Yes, and then died oh, okay. in a like plane, plane crash where they like never really knew what happened. Oh, like wow. a mystery. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Tragically yep. Hip wrote a song about. It. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So then the two big ones. Another another aspect of the hobby that I've really leaned into the last couple of years that I thoroughly enjoy is collecting specific cards of George Vesna, which oh, is man. obviously a huge name. So these are kind of like two Holy Grail hockey cards. So Ooh. first one is a copy of his rookie card from over 100 years ago. Wow. wow. That is awesome. <laughs> it's so small now compared to the yes. The they used to come. They so, used to come in cigarette packs. Correct. Oh, okay. Yep. Instead of bubble gum. Yep. yep. And what is, what is the value on this? That's probably like a six or seven thousand. Wow. Yeah. Oh boy, that is so cool. Don't, don't hand it back to me. My palms yeah. got sweaty. <laughs> Give it back to you very carefully. <laughs> I don't want to be handle in, that. Very I don't want to be in charge of that. Yeah. And then the last one. This is probably like, in my opinion, like the holy grail of hockey memorabilia is one of the actual buckles off of oh, his I've, pads. I've seen this wow. card. Oh my god. Wow. I've seen. Wow. 
That's incredible. I, wow, that, so you, this is the one of one. Yeah, I've seen this card online. Or do they? Did they come out with multiples? And I know it says There's one of one. There's a green but, one and a gold one. Okay, I yep. know I've seen this online and thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That's awesome. Yeah. So how'd you come across that? Uh, a guy in the UK had it. I was trying super, super hard to find one of them because, uh, like I said, that's kind of like a holy grail type of piece. Yeah. So. As soon as I caught wind that he had this card, I just reached out to him, and we fortunately were able to work out a deal. That's awesome. Wow. That is so cool. So for these kind of like these special ones that have like pieces of stick, obviously a, a pad buckle, all those things, like these would not come in a pack, obviously. Uh, yeah, they would. Really? How would you yeah. not know there's a goalie, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> goalie buckle? Well, goalie buckle. That's a little different, but for like stuff like – the other stuff, yeah. yeah, that those would come in packs, and um, yeah, as far as like the thickness and stuff, there's uh, we were talking about this before the show. They put like fillers in the packs so that all of the packs are the same thickness, so you don't know if so there can't is cheat or and, not. Like, squeeze them like, oh, that right. one's thicker. Oh, that's yeah. got a good card in it. Uh, right. Interesting. Yep, that's very awesome. cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. Uh, I, how are we, how are we on time? Do we have enough time to? We open got up a, a quick pack, three or four minutes. Yeah, four let's, four minutes. Minutes. Cool. let's open up some packs. Five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. All right. All right. So we can this open is, up a pack of cards and get our reason. This is Greg's deal. You can just do one a piece if you want. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Take, some take one, pass it down. These are Parkhurst uh, Blackhawk Original Six cards. I got Eric Taze on here. Now, what, what year are these from? This is from 2003 Oh, yes. Pretty old school. So A wonderful time for the Blackhawks. Yeah. Got uh, some, who could forget? Got some players from the team back then in the set, so the it'll be a blast from the past. You've got like Billy Niemann and Lassie Kukkonen and <laughs> oh, the ABC line and you know, guys like that, so definitely kind of cool. Kind of interesting. I want to mark Bell. Alright, let's see. Is there any bubble? I got a here? Craig Anderson. Legend. Mark originated. Howie Morenz, Doug Wilson, good ones. Ooh, my my uh, my buffer is a Hawks one. There you hey, go. There you go. Uh, Tony Esposito and Dennis Savard. Right. Nice. Pretty good. I got a Kyle Calder. Hey. One third of that. Ooh, a Steve Passmore. You're oh, jealous. Trade you, you for my that. Life. Trade you for that Tony Esposito. <laughs> Dominic Hasek. Hey. Of course, I get the Maple Leaf. <laughs> Chris Chelios, and then a uh, Bobby Holt. Oh, there you go. All right, cool. Some good players there. I got uh, Steve McCarthy. Oh, that's your, uh, that's your, yeah. almost my wife with the puck. Jerry, uh, Jeremy Roenick in the uh, Barber Pole jersey. Nice. I like nice. that. Uh, Bobby Hall. I got another Maple Leafs uh, buffer. <laughs> uh, Kenny Warham. Got that one. And Phil yeah. Esposito. Enshrined. Saw a jersey of his for sale for $30 don't here. See <laughs> so much Phil in the Blackhawks no, jersey. No, yeah. not, not too much. Eric, help me with that. How is there a, t a Phil Esposito Bruins jersey? For thirty dollars signed here, how does that work? Um, <laughs> I mean, what's the scam? The quality of the jersey is probably extremely low, and yeah, that's probably about <laughs> all I can say. Yeah, it might it not be not a real look, autograph. <laughs> it did not look great in terms of jersey quality, but it was authenticated. They had like the, uh, the thing on there. This yeah, is very cool. That's a good like uh, yep. entry level collector there jersey. You there you, you know, go. Somebody First just wants something that looks cool on your wall. Your starter right. starter jersey. Yeah. All right. Exactly. What'd you get in your pack, Eric? I got Igor Korolev. That's a blast. Good old number 22. Yes. Steve Sullivan, Howie Morenz, Stan Makita, and Pierre Palat. Nice. All right. Finish strong. Solid pack. Yeah. Nice. I think we did good. All right. That's let's awesome. go sell these. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I look let's forward set to a, set I, up a booth. I look there forward for the $3 I get for all this guy. <laughs> Perfect. Eric, let people know where to find you, where to find the uh, the podcast. Yeah. So, Center Ice Cardcast. Uh, it's me and a co host who lives up in Toronto. 
Um, we, we talk cards and uh, open boxes every now and then and show off cards that we've acquired. And um, we have contacts with Upper Deck and other manufacturers, so they'll give us like inside scoops on stuff and uh, come on and talk about products and stuff. So um, yeah, we love doing it and love providing that content for people. So Centerice Cardcast, um, you can watch on YouTube or any podcast platform pretty much, social media, um, Centerice Cardcast, Twitter is Centerice CC. Um, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Eric, it was great having you, man. We appreciate it. And then one other kind of cool thing with that, um, like I said, they had their other groups that were recording from the show. And right before the Blackhawks podcast was their Cubs podcast. And uh, I think each show kind of tried to have on somebody that could talk about collectibles and sports cards and things like that. So the person that they had on their Cubs show right before the Blackhawks show, uh, some of you might know who this is. Many of you probably won't, and that's okay, is somebody that goes by 1 million Cubs cards on Twitter. And if you don't follow him, I would highly recommend that you do. Uh, he just has a, a really cool account. Obviously, as the name would indicate, he is on a mission to collect 1 million different Chicago Cubs cards. I shouldn't say different, just 1 million that's Chicago awesome. Cubs cards. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I do is. follow that guy. Like, I don't collect baseball, but as soon as I saw that Twitter handle, I'm like, that's cool. And then I heard about his quest for 1 million Cubs cards. And I'm like, I respect that. <laughs> so maybe I'll do that one day with my collection. Probably not, but we'll one million, see. one million Jonas and Roth cards. I mean, there probably aren't even one million Jonas and Roth cards in existence. Actually, <laughs> don't tempt me. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. With, with the way Aaron can find like photo bombs of Enroth and like misprints and Fair. like, I feel like if anyone on planet Earth would do that with a player like Enroth, it's going to be Aaron. I mean, True. again, don't tempt me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so Bo is his name and he was on the uh, the Cubs podcast and kind of before he jumped on and before the Blackhawks show, obviously, uh, we were kind of just sitting sitting around kind of waiting for our point in the shows to go on and everything. So we kind of just spent like 20, 30 minutes just talking about our collections. And like I said, I've followed him on Twitter for a few years at this point. So just being able to meet him and like actually kind of hear more about you know why you know why he has this mission and you know how he stores things and uh you know what his favorite card is and you know things like that it was just a lot of fun you know actually being able to have a conversation with someone like that rather than just seeing their tweets or you know maybe tweeting back and forth a little bit but just being able to sit down and have a conversation with him was was really enjoyable even though it had nothing to do with hockey um was definitely really fun and then the other kind of cool person that I got to meet that I definitely would not have had I not been on that show, not that it had anything specifically to do with the show, but it was really crazy. We're just um, kind of standing around. This is like 10 or 15 minutes before we were going to start recording their show. And we're kind of just standing there. And uh, one of the guys looks over and I don't know, maybe three or four tables down. Uh, he's like, is that Yarmir Yager? And we all kind of look over and we're like, yeah, that's Yarmir Yager. So the four of us kind of scurry down there and introduce ourselves and and we got pictures with him and everything. And so, yeah, I mean, got to meet one of the definitely one of the greatest of all time and Yarmir Yager didn't get an autograph or anything. It, you know, I don't really like doing that. And he definitely wasn't really in the mood to be super social. He was there. He was partnering with a company to launch these banknotes of Wayne Gretzky, actually, which is kind of interesting in its own right. But 
he was there kind of just meeting with his team of, of representatives, you know, just to talk about this and stuff. So it's not like he was, you know, publicly there signing autographs or anything like that. He was kind of more there in a business sense on that day, you know, so didn't want to take too much of his time, but just figured go over, say, Hey, get a picture. Pretty fun experience for sure. Not, not every day that you just happen to run into one of the greatest hockey players of all time. So that was pretty fun. But yeah, getting back to the cards, um, obviously I talked about the Ovechkin and then there were only a couple of other pickups for me the rest of that day. I did end up getting through the rest of that additional room and that's where the the CHGO Blackhawks show was. So that's kind of why I decided to just stay in that room for the day and just get through that and you know, kind of make my life easier as opposed to running all over the convention center. So got through that. The Ovechkin was the only card that I actually got out of that entire hall, which was fine. But once I got done with that hall, then I was like, okay, I might as well kind of start picking through this this in-between hall. Because I knew, you know, by the time that it was in the afternoon, there was no point in really even trying to take on the main showroom at that point. So I figured, you know, let me just start kind of picking my way through this middle hall since it's a lot smaller. And uh, came across a table that had pretty much, I think it was all hockey, which for the national is very uncommon. I would say, you know, Matt, and you can back me up on this, but I, I feel like throughout the course of the show, I saw maybe like four or five booths at the entire show that were just hockey. So whenever you find one of those, you spend time there because you're like, okay, these guys are the guys that I'm looking for. They've got a lot of hockey cards like this is great. So I was kind of, you know, just picking through. They had uh, some really nice showcases, some of which I, I did put on our social media, but um, they also had some pretty good like mid end type of boxes and then also a dollar box as well. So I was like, hey, you know, I know this is all hockey. I'm going to take the time and just look through their stuff. Why not? And uh as I'm doing that, flipping through the dollar box, there's this guy standing next to me. And I had on one of my podcast shirts that day. And he was like, oh, like, are you are you a Sunrise card cast? And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, we kind of just were making small talk back and forth. And but yeah, it's always fun, like when someone that you don't know who they are, you know, says, oh, like, yeah, like I listened to your show, yada, yada, yada. So that was really cool. And, you know, we're still kind of making small talk, flipping through the boxes and stuff. And uh eventually one of the booth owners comes over and is talking to this other guy. And through their conversation, I'm able to figure out that this is somebody that I had met on Facebook, not met, but like we had interacted before um, and I knew who he was. So um, I introduced myself and it was kind of funny. As soon as I said, you know, what my name was, then him, another guy at the booth and the guy that I was standing next to, like all immediately put together like, oh, like that's who you are. So that was kind of fun, like kind of how you said, Matt, with, you know, your experience at dinner, you know, once you make that connection of who someone is, it's like, oh, yeah, like I know who you are. So that was really fun. So uh, the booth owners were uh, Stefan Perot and Mitch Grotman, like you said, you know, obviously a lot of people would know who those guys are through social media. And then the guy who was standing next to me, who first initially, you know, initiated the conversation was Griffin Germond of Mainly Hockey Cards. So another guy that some of you might recognize there for sure. So shout out to the three of you if you're listening. It was a pleasure to meet you. But yeah, just really fun to, you know, kind of put a face with the name and uh, just kind of have a fun little conversation that way. And then just continuing to flip through the dollar box that uh, Stefan had, he did have a couple of cards that fit my collection. Uh, the first one being from the newest Upper Deck Synergy, A Light Up the Night out of 899 of Jacob Slavin. 
So obviously not like a huge card by any means, a dollar card, but one that I needed. So I was happy about that. It all counts. That's right. And uh, (laughs) kind of, you know, going into the show, like Matt said, I really don't want to have like any expectations because if you do have really specific expectations, it's probably going to be easy to be disappointed. So, you know, of course, going into it, it's like, hey, if I could find a Jalmerson I need or a Slavin I need or a Dezingle I need, that would be awesome. So, you know, the fact that day one, boom, there's a Slavin I need, even if it's a really cheap card, great. You know, I'm happy with that, especially because cards out of these dollar bins, it's kind of the type of thing where it's like, okay, I could go buy this on eBay right now for a dollar, but then you're paying, you know, four or five bucks in shipping. So it's like, okay, I'm spending five or six bucks on this $1 card. So I have a lot of those types of cards on my want list that I just haven't bothered picking up because it's not worth the price of shipping. So being able to find cards like that at a show for a fair price is awesome because it's like, okay, I'm paying a fair price for this. I'm not way overpaying just to accommodate for shipping and stuff. So that was great. Um, Unfortunately, he did not have just the generic red synergy card. I was kind of surprised because he had a lot. Uh, You could tell that he clearly had opened a lot of synergy because there were just endless amounts of the red parallels and, you know, the basic inserts and stuff like that in this dollar box. And uh, one of those that I did find was the red of Marc-Andre Fleury, which obviously, yeah, I don't know who that is, but. That's a really nice card, actually. That was so nice. They're really sharp, especially with the with the head shot in that cutout there is really, really cool, too. So that is cool. Yeah, like I think it's their synergy best synergy design. So cool. I was just going to say, like, I would agree, like, really, really good. That's yeah. awesome. Now we're showing some cards. Now, now this is great. Yes. Picking, picking up at the next level. Yes. So, yeah, so I grabbed those two and, and was pretty happy. And that was pretty much the end of day one for me. It was getting right down to the point. You know, I think it, it went until six o'clock every day and this was probably at like 5.15 or 5.30 or something. So I was like, okay, like this is a good good spot to just kind of leave off and kind of know where I'm at and, you know, got a couple cards that I'm happy with. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And then uh, I guess one more, I guess technically it is a, uh, a pickup from, you know, that would not have happened if I didn't go to the national. So I'll, I will include it. But once we got back home, Matt had actually gotten this card from a friend of his and already had one, so he actually passed it along to me. That being the uh, Upper Deck Canvas Program of Excellence of Flurry from twenty one twenty two Upper Deck. So appreciate that, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely a cool card. Yeah, it worked out well. Okay. I'm glad you didn't have a copy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They are really cool. Obviously, it shows him from the World Juniors with those iconic yellow pads and everything. And yeah, definitely a really cool card. And was one that I had considered picking up in the past. So to be able to get one was was really fun and obviously really appreciate that. Yeah, so that, that's my day one. I know I did a lot more talking than, than you did there, Matt, but we will switch over to day two being Friday and uh, I will let you take it away. Well, before I start, I want to say I could see Aaron appreciating the flurries. He He's a goalie and he digs awesome setup. So it kind of checks both boxes there, but- uh... Big fan and Canadians, <laughs> that card just- quoted me a little bit (laughs) big fan i mean that that kind of was was set the tone because i i saw more on mark andre flurry cards than i expected i think i i saw maybe a dozen decent cards and yeah it was really cool to you know have the chance to grab a couple for sure but day two i mean it, it was 
there's just one one main story I want to take away from day two. And we've talked about this, you know, Eric, it was great to kind of debrief with you after each day, kind of recapping how it went. And obviously it was awesome that you were able to get some really cool cards after the way your morning started, because that was a bit of a, of a letdown. But the second day, again, I kind of went in thinking, all right, I'm going to take time to meet up with, with my buddies and like really just take time to really hang out with a lot of people. And if I get through some boxes, I'll just kind of wander my way around to those places I haven't been yet. So as I'm doing that, as you talked about, there's that in-between room, right? And there was actually some good stuff in there. There was way better stuff in there than I would have anticipated. And there was a guy who had a lot of hockey on one side of his table. And I actually went there twice. So first day I went there and just kind of met up with some people. And I'm like, oh, you got some nice hockey cards here. And didn't see any Mark andre Fleury cards or anything. So I, I went about my, my business. But I was like, I got to go back there. And something was telling me to go back there. And I mean, sometimes things just work out perfectly. I still can't believe this happened. But I go there and you know, he's there talking to some people. And this guy probably in his mid-60s shows up and he's carrying like not carrying but wheeling along a suitcase not like a pelican thing or but just like a legit suitcase i'm like well this, this gotta be something good in there he's like i got some hockey to sell are you interested so i don't want to be that guy that's like hey you got any flurry because he's trying to work with the dealer right so he's having conversations and he and the dealer or, or, or he showed him like a henrik lundquist from the first year cup or second year cup excuse me it was like a quad foundations patch auto beautiful card like, wow, that's a really nice card, you know, and all this and stuff. And he, he and I start chatting and he's like, yeah, my son and I collect, which I think all three of us like great memories collecting with our family members. So at least with my dad, I have a lot of wonderful memories from that. So it was great to just talk with him. And then as after we chatted a bit, you know, you kind of build up some rapport. I said, you know, I, I collect Marc-Andre Fleury, dream come true for me, man. I've already found a couple of amazing cards any chance he got a, got a flurry and there's like, hey, I think we got one or two. So he's digging through there and he brings out a card and I'm just like, like no way. Another one I haven't seen before. And it's a, a type of card I've never grabbed from premier. So we're talking, he's like, let me wait for my son to get here. Let's see if we can work something out. And his son shows up and I may haven't mentioned this, but he's just sweating crazy because it's hot in that in-between room. And everybody has been in the national has already talked about this. I'm sure. But Boy, it was like a furnace in there. It was legit like 85 something degrees in there. It was it was the hottest day. It was awful. So we're kind of hanging in there and he shows up and you can tell he's a little bit kind of out of it. And we start chatting and um, kind of start talking about a price. And before he agreed on a price, like, again, I love the website idea. I got to give a big shout out to Aaron. He created his website, which is amazing. He motivated me to make mine. And so thanks. Bring it up. Yeah. For sure, dude. I bring it up on my phone and I'm like, here's here's my collection. Like, I can't show you all of it, but let me just prove to you, like, this isn't a flip deal. This is it going to me and it's staying with me. And you can see his whole demeanor change. You get this big smile on his face, came to a price. And um, here it is. It's a 1819 Premier Mega Patch out of 21. Awesome. And the, just the like the detail the detail on this edge over here um, is is awesome. It's got all the three colors of the Vegas Golden Knights patch. Amazing. Yeah, you just, I've never seen a mega patch in person. And I was really, really so stoked to even find one because I wouldn't have had I not gone back to that table within two minutes of that and then asked if he had any flurry. So it was just a, a wonderful, a wonderful interaction. It's a great story. I'm, I'm definitely going to tell it more than a few times just because fate sometimes has its way of working out 
uh, for the better. And so, yeah, at that point, I'm like, all right, well, I, I can just go sit down and not really do much. I'm good. <laughs> so um, at right about that time, Eric had texted me. He's like, hey, I've got this card in front of me. And it's not really what you would normally buy, but it's something that I think is pretty cool. And of course, he had been showing me all of his leaf stuff. And I was kind of getting warmed up to the idea. He'd show me the Ovechkin, obviously. And then the, the night before, he'd show me the infamous buckle. So I'm like warmed up to leaf a little bit more at that point. And so he shows me this, this, you know, six-way patch, like two tags and four patch cards of Flurry, Lundquist, Crawford, Quick, Holtby, and Price. And I said, oh, you know, not really what I'm looking for, but it is really cool. And we're at the show. It's like you said, Eric, it's a show pickup. So I gave him a price. The guy accepted. I don't have it with me because it's all stored away, but I have a picture of it here if Aaron wants to see it. Uh, the decade of dominance. But I think it's great because this is an affordable way to get awesome patches and tags. And it fits in my collection a lot better than it probably used to because Eric, again, kind of warmed me up to the idea of these cards being really cool. And again, if I saw that on eBay, I'd go right past it because that's not something that's usually in my wheelhouse. But now that I have it and scanned it in and it's on the website, it looks awesome on there. And I'm like, all right, so this is, this is pretty just, so it was great that, you know, we're communicating every day with what we're seeing. Do you need it? Do you not need it? Um, which is, I feel is essential when you're going to a big card show, especially with one as big as the national now. So that's why we need to get to the expo with Aaron, Eric, so we can we three can cover as much ground as possible. Definitely. Anyway, so it was, it was a great second day, and then to end the day, I mean, that's not card related, but uh, Eric's been talking up this deep dish pizza, and boy, did it did it deliver! It was <laughs> it was phenomenal. I, I wish I could somehow make some appear in front of me right now, but it was the best deep dish pizza I'd ever had. So props to you and your family for that one, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone knows, you know, Chicago deep dish, whatever. And, you know, people that have been to Chicago, you know, from out of town have probably gotten it from, you know, Giordano's or Lou Malnati's or Gino's East or, you know, kind of one of the more like chain type of places. And don't get me wrong, their pizza is really good. I mean, it's hard to screw up real deal deep dish pizza. They're all really good. But yeah, my family lives out in the suburbs and, uh, for context, I don't think we'd mentioned this before, but Matt stayed with me at my parents' house out in the suburbs. So that's the, the context of all this. But there's this place like five minutes away from my parents' house out in the suburbs, just a total hole in the wall type of place that just has the best pizza you will ever have. So whenever my wife and I travel up to see my parents, like that's you know non-negotiable, we're getting that pizza. So obviously knew that we would do that. And uh you know, being able to to share that with you, I'm sure uh, was one of the food highlights for you at least. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, going back to that, uh, the six way. Yeah, just like, I think it's a, another good example of one of those types of cards that just seeing in person allows you to really appreciate it a lot more than if you're just seeing a picture of it online. Oh, for sure. And then having people talk it up too. Like I'm sure if Aaron was there and you were there, like the three of us, Aaron would have been like, dude, that's so sick. Because I imagine it is sick. Right. I mean, if, if Enroth is on that card and and other five goalies you you just like, but you would never collect them, you're you're gonna leave with that card, right? Like that's sure. so I think that it really fit the bill when it came to you know what have you what you've called a show pickup which you know day three was all about that 
so yeah, I, I definitely was was way more convinced to to have it, especially once I saw it. You know, once once we met up and you're like, here it is, and I'm just like, dude, this is so cool. You actually thought that it was one you had seen two years ago. Am I yeah. correct? Yep. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. There was a I I discovered later that it was a different card, but two years ago there was a very similar leaf card. I think it might have been from Masked Men as well. Or it might I don't I don't remember what product it was, but it was a very similar type of card, like a, a six or eight way memorabilia card that had flurry on it. And at the time I thought that it was literally the exact same card that I had seen two years ago. So I was like, oh man, like this is just so ironic. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. It was a different card. But yeah, I mean, just one of those cards that, uh, you know, with the quality of the memorabilia on there is just a, a fantastic card in person. And, you know, I think that's the beauty of of Leaf cards is you can get such nice quality cards and memorabilia pieces for much less than they would be if it was an upper deck card. So yeah, I'm definitely glad that, that you were uh, willing to be open to that idea of adding that card. And um, obviously, yeah, great that, that you did and and that you're uh, really enjoying and appreciating it now. So for my day two, I wasn't really sure when my cards that I'd submitted to tag would be done because I just decided to go ahead and do the end of show service. So theoretically, all that guarantees is that they'll be done by the end of the day on Sunday. So I was prepared, you know, if need be, that I would go back to the show on Sunday pick up the cards and then just drive from there back home to Indiana. So that's kind of what I had in mind. Like worst case, I was hopeful that they would be done sometime on Saturday. I felt like that was probably somewhat realistic given that I submitted them Thursday morning, you know, that they would be done by the end of Saturday felt fairly reasonable. Um, So that's kind of what I had in mind. And then on Thursday night, actually, when I had gotten back home after eating dinner by myself instead of with my friend, I ended up kind of just hanging out with my parents and and telling them about my day at the show and everything and had kind of started explaining what tag grading is and how it's different from, you know, Beckett and PSA and the other companies. And, you know, they, they thought it was really interesting. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with tag, please go online and, and look up and learn about their service because it really is just very unique and really interesting and very professional, very thorough. You know, I, I've, become very, very much impressed with everything that they do. So anyway, I was on their website and uh, was going to pull up one of the grading reports of a random card just to to show my parents kind of how it works and everything. And as I was doing that, I happened to be looking for a different parallel of one of the cards that I had submitted. And in the process, realized that my cards had actually been graded and were already done, which kind of then spoiled the surprise of what grades I got, which, you know, that's not the end of the world. But um, of course, by seeing that, I knew they were done. So uh, that's the first thing I I went and did on Friday, which just went right to the tag booth, picked up my cards. So it, it was just the two cards, like I said, and I will show off at least on video so Aaron can see this. Obviously, you guys listening and watching won't be able to see this, but their presentation is really nice. They give you this like customized tag box and it's like all foiled out and everything. And just like I was very impressed. I thought they would literally just like hand me the cards back. So the fact that the guy comes over and gives me this really nice box, I was like, OK, like that's that's pretty cool. You know, just very professional, very sleek. Um, and everything and then you open the box and inside the box like explains how their entire system works and how you can go online and look at the grading report and all of that 
and like has a, a QR code to show you like how their system works and everything. So again, just like super professional presentation, really, really impressive. And then inside the box is how they give you your cards back. And it's kind of hard to see, but they actually put them in packs. So you're basically like opening a pack of cards, but it's just like your cards that come in these custom tag foil packs. So it's really uh, just a beautiful presentation, really professional. Yeah, so I, I can't speak highly enough about TAG and the experience that I had with them. Even though the grades I got were a little disappointing, um, I'll start with the the very much disappointing one. Uh, this is a card that Aaron definitely already has seen and knows about the backstory with this. I've seen some TAG stuff at shows and it looks really cool. Like at the expo and they have their little display. Really awesome. Like I should probably get a card graded there at some point. Yes, I would highly recommend doing that for sure. And is it pretty uh, like fair pricing like to get a card graded? Yes. They, so like their, their day service or whatever it would be. Yes. So I think if you just do it through their website and it's kind of hard to do it because you have to get in on one of their drops and it's really hard to do that. But if you just go at a show that they're at, it's super easy, and um, I think I paid $30 each for the end of the show service. And uh, based on, you know, I was able to go back through my email and see when they actually completed my order. And I think from when I dropped the cards off until they were literally done and completely through the service was like literally one hour, which was amazing. And obviously, had okay. I known had I known that they were done, I would have picked them up on Thursday, but I didn't know until after the fact. So I just grabbed them Friday. But yeah, I mean, for $30, you're getting, you know, really good protection, obviously, in the slab. You're getting uh, just a, an incredibly detailed and thorough report of the condition of the card, which you do not get from any other grading company. Uh, you know, that's one of the main things that really separates TAG is you can go online and you can see every single possible detail that you can imagine about why the card graded the way it did. And they break everything down on a 1000 point scale. So they will analyze every corner, every edge, the surface, everything based on a 1000 point scale. And even like for the corners and stuff, it breaks down even farther than that. And, you know, so you can say, uh, you know, this corner got a, you know, 964 and this corner got a 972 and this corner unfortunately got a 912 you know stuff like that you can see every single detail and they also provide imaging of every single little defect and how that factors into the overall grade so the overall process is truly remarkable and i can't say enough good things about their service and yeah i've just been very impressed with them in every way. Unfortunately, like I said, this first card did not do very well. I knew that that was possible, but I just wasn't super sure how their system would necessarily, you know, pick up on this damage. But the first card being a 2015-16 Young Gun of Connor McDavid, which unfortunately got a 7 on their 1000 point scale, it was a 713. This card was previously graded as a Beckett 8.5. And this was pretty much a perfect card, but when Beckett had it, they actually dropped it and damaged the top right corner of the front of the card. And that's kind of what dropped the grade from them, because otherwise it definitely would have been a gem mint, unfortunately. So I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm I'm not loving the fact that this is a Beckett 8.5, because that's kind of almost worse than the card just being raw. So I figured, why don't I crack it out, submit it to tag, see what happens. You know, it's kind of a 
a good way to see how their service stacks up compared to other companies. And, you know, this will just help me more thoroughly document the condition of this card. And unfortunately, on the back bottom left corner, there's kind of like, it's not even damage. It's just like a defect with the cardboard itself. And that was not factored into Beckett's grade, but the tag system picked that corner apart. So I think that corner got like somewhere in like the 600s out of a thousand. So just because of this like defect with the cardboard, like I said, it's not damaged at all. The corner is sharp, like it's in good shape. It's just this like little, like not even wrinkle, but just like a weird little defect with the cardboard and their system just picked it apart. So unfortunately, that's why it got the grade it did. Matt, you'll probably get a kick out of it, but you also totally believe me that it's still sitting unopened in the pack that it came in from TAG. Not sure that I will be opening that pack anytime soon because I know what's in there and I just don't really have any reason to open it. So maybe one day I'll, I'll, I might, I might leave it. I might crack it out again. I don't know. We'll see. But so that was the first one. I was definitely kind of bummed because I figured if their system did not pick apart that defect, that it probably could have gotten a nine, which I would have been pretty happy with. And that's kind of what I was hoping for, expecting, you know, kind of like that. So the fact that it ended up being a seven, I was just like, oh, like that's not, that's not ideal. So, oh, well, it is what it is. But yeah, still, still glad that I went ahead and did it because, you know, it's giving it that protection and it is thoroughly documenting the condition of the card. But the other card, and uh, Aaron, you know nothing about this card. <laughs> so you will be very surprised and interested I by will. this card. More and... surprised than I was, I bet. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, We're, we are both expecting a good reaction to this card. This is a card that Matt had been aware of and had actually tried acquiring, but I ended up, I don't know if beating him out on it is the right word, but it ended up working out well, if you want to give the context of this, Matt. Yeah, it just, it was that thing where the guy would kept saying, well, I have a higher offer. Well, I have a higher offer. And, and Eric and I have talked, and you probably like this too. We don't play those games. Like, all right, like my price is my price. So it worked out great. The triple auto, as I've I've talked about a few times, the enshrinements with Wabradour and Flurry came up two days later. So it worked out perfect that I didn't get it because I could get my, you know, like my number one most wanted forever card. So anyway, um, <laughs> when, when, when he showed me this card prior to send, you know, taking it to tag, I think he was expecting me to be like, what or whatever, but I was actually really, really happy because I got to, anyway, I'll let you, I'll let you show it. <laughs> yeah. So obviously hearing this, I'm sure that Aaron can probably put together that it is a Marc-Andre Fleury card, but this is a card that when I saw it available, it was just one that I knew I had to have. And uh, again, kind of one that I figured that, you know, submitting it to tag would just be a good way to not only really protect it well, but also document that condition. And, and uh, also another thing with tag is they do uh, just a, a really phenomenal job of imaging the cards after they've been slabbed. And I think it's like, it's very difficult to get good photos of a slabbed card. You can scan stuff and it looks good, but getting actual photographs of a slab can be really difficult. And they just have some extremely, extremely high quality camera that allows them to get really good imaging of their slabs. So that was even like almost worth the price of admission, so to speak, just to get really good quality images of this card. So um, I was excited about that. But anyway, enough buildup. Aaron, I will just show you the card and then you can tell everybody what exactly you are looking at. Oh, wow. Okay, here we go. So it's an awesome 
PMG gold card of Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously. So that is, wow. <laughs> Where did that come from? Came from EPAC, actually. I found it on EPAC and Jeez. was able to get it. That is amazing. Oh, that is so cool. That's awesome. Man, that, that, that must be like one of the coolest cards in your collection now. It's yeah, it's it's definitely a cool one. I mean, like I said, one of I mean, one just oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, I would say at least as of right now, it might be his top Blackhawks card, which is kind of why I really wanted to get a hold of it. You know, obviously, if he ends up having oh, like sure. a, a cup shield or something, that's different. But yeah, just that saw it nice and knew card. knew I really wanted to have it for my collection, and it worked out. And uh, yeah, just being able to. To now have it really that's thoroughly nice. protected and everything. Man, that's awesome. and... Just. <laughs> Great card. That was so cool for me too, to be excited about a friend's addition to their collection. Because I think sometimes in this hobby, we get so caught up in like, I want, I want, I want. And I've always, since I got I into the hockey side of things, seeing the type of people, the way that Aaron, yourself, and, and many other collectors that we all follow on Instagram, they don't, it's not about them always. It's really more about everybody else. And so for me, I was like, this is awesome. I have an opportunity to see this card in person. What are the odds of that? Like just totally would have never happened, honestly. So I I found it as as a big, uh, you know, honor to be able to see this card and hold it before it went to tag. And we kind of talked about what grade it might get. And it was really cool to see how that whole process worked. I mean, that was another great part about what Eric did you know, not talking about the McDavid, but the flurry, just to see how fast they did it, how efficient they were, the photography. And then Aaron, um, Aaron, he sent me the link and we looked at this huge detailed report. I'm going through on my iPad. I'm like, this is amazingly detailed. Like there's no two ways about arguing the grade. It is what it is. So it sold me on tag and it was just awesome to, to see the card and, and watch it go through that process. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that because like even though obviously the McDavid grade was disappointing, it's like you can't be mad at Tag for that. It's just everything about their system is like the definition of objectivity. Like, whereas if you send it to Beckett or PSA or whatever, it's a human that's kind of fully determining what the grade would be. And maybe that person's having a good day. Maybe they're having a bad day. And that grader is going to grade it differently than the next person and the next person and the next person. And even if you had the same person looking at it one day compared to another day, they might grade it differently. Whereas with TAG, you know, their claim is that if you submit the same card over and over and over, it's going to get the same grade over and over and over. So, you know, yeah, obviously getting a, a 713 on the McDavid is disappointing, but it's like, well, that's just what it is. You know, that's what the card is. You can't argue it. it that's what it is. So, yeah. And like, obviously with the flurry being an 897, it's like, oh, it would have been really nice if that had been a 900 and gotten a nine, but you know, it is what it is. The grade wasn't a big deal to me. It was more just about getting the information, getting the imagery, you know, that type of stuff. So yeah, definitely uh, very happy with that experience. And uh, yeah, definitely, like I said earlier, cannot uh, recommend them enough. And I know, you know, Matt, you even said that, you know, you might want to go ahead and submit stuff to them one day too. Yes. I actually, a friend of mine, Rob, who's Zomdos Collectibles on Instagram, he's he and his friend are going to do a submission and say, hey, I got a couple spots open. So I'm sitting here, wheels turning. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Aaron real quick. Aaron, of, of all the flurry rookies that are out there, uh, and they don't do acetate, so the ice rookie is out, unfortunately. I really wanted to grade that. But what would be like the first card you guys would probably choose for a flurry to grade? 
Of his rookies? Yeah. I'm going to throw a random one. SB game use. That card in general just doesn't get talked about enough. So hmm. why not throw it in a hole? That was my second choice, believe it or not. Interesting. <laughs> After the ice. So ice was first, and then I had one that I was like, yeah, this one should be graded because it's decent. At least I think it's decent. And then, yeah, the SP game use. And then Eric already knows the one that I said right off the top of my head. I, I mean, when I bought it, I thought this is a PSA 9. But then now that we know a, an 8.5 Beckett is a 7 in tag and, and because of the corner, part of me is like, well, what if it comes back like a 7? But it's his Young Guns. I have a really, really good-looking copy. I've, I've looked at it really close. I know it's not a 10 PSA. Unless maybe, like Eric said, somebody's having a good day. But I would really like to see that card in a tag slab. Uh, the slabs are just absolutely stunning in person. And we were online, right? And we're like, oh, these look great. But to have that one booth, that's just a promo booth with like all these random slabs. Of course, they've got these beautiful Marvel shiny cards and all this in there. I was like, okay, this, this is like, this is perfect. So yeah, those are going to be the two that I, I think he said he might have three spots, but yeah, SP game used and then the young guns. And then I have to decide on a third. I was thinking like, oh, do I cross my... Like green PNG over, but I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like it's a BGS eight. I think we know what that means. So <laughs> probably not a good idea. I think I might go ahead and submit something to tag at the expo if they're there. Do it. Uh, why not? Just for my collection, just whatever. Why not? Yeah. What's the first one that you're thinking? And... What's the first one I'm thinking? Um, Got to maybe... be an Enroth Young Gun. Uh, well, I was thinking, you know, yeah, the Young Gun, because I have a couple other uh, slapped copies. So why not add to the collection there? But Maybe something random. Who knows? Nice. It'd be interesting to see what you come up with because you're going to be completely impressed by the whole process there. And it was cool. Eric actually opened. We already knew the grade, right, Eric? We already knew the grade. But to watch him open the box for the first time and, and see his genuine, you could tell he was bummed about the 897. But then when he saw the presentation and he opened it and we looked at the slab together, it, it kind of brought the spirits back up. I'm like, okay, this, this is pretty darn cool because no other card will look that good in a slab, especially with shine to it. So they, they, I'm sold on them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And another cool thing, you know, if you guys aren't familiar with them, but uh, obviously most other companies uh, with their slabs, you know, where they put the information about the card is on a piece of paper that they then embed into the slab. Whereas with tag, it's literally just etched into the plastic. So it just gives it, you know, a really clean look. And another obviously great thing is they have that QR code on the slab itself that if you scan it with your phone, it takes you straight to that online report of the condition of the card. So, I mean, it, it's just super quick and easy. At any time that you have that card, you can immediately pull up that information. And, you know, like you were saying, Matt, it's open to anybody. You know, anybody can go on the TAG website right now, look for the Marc-Andre Fleury Gold PMG, and you can find that report and see everything that's wrong with the card. You can see the measurements of the card. You know, everything that you can imagine about the card, you can go on there and see it literally right now. So, yeah, it, it's it's a very, very impressive, uh, you know, system that they have. And uh, I'm very glad that I did go ahead and do it, even if the grades weren't quite as good as I hoped for. You know, definitely very pleased that I did that. And I would say that that was definitely one of the more positive experiences for me at the show for sure. So yeah, definitely want to, to give tag their, you know, uh, their, their justice there for sure. So, but yeah, getting back into other cards now, um, going back to Thursday, actually, how I'd showed that, uh, flurry synergy card, they, uh, Stefan actually had two copies of that card and 
for whatever reason, I don't know if it was just because I was exhausted at that point in the day or whatever it was, I didn't think of texting Matt to see if he actually needed that card. I think it was just like, oh, it's a super cheap card. He probably already has it. Didn't think much of it. And so we're back at my parents' house that night debriefing and I show him and he's like, oh man, like I don't have that card. Like, that's awesome. And I was like, oh, like, well, they have a second one or at least they did. So, you know, maybe they'll still have it tomorrow. So after I picked up my, my cards from tag on Friday, I immediately just booked it over to Stefan's booth to see if he still had it. And there was someone picking through the dollar box when I got there. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to stand here and wait. And, you know, however long it ends up taking, I'm going to, I'm going to wait it out and see if they still have it. And incredibly ironic how it worked out. Literally, you know, this is whatever, a four row box of cards or whatever. And literally where this guy left off on the last row, there's the flurry. So I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. So I grab it, you know, say, hey, Stefan, here's a buck. Thanks. Good to see you again. And then, uh, you know, we ended up uh, texting to figure out where each other were. And I'll throw it back over to you actually at this point, because you were over at the Upper Deck booth uh, meeting someone that you had been really looking forward to get to meet in person. Yes. Well, first of all, I mean, just what you said about going right away to look for the flurry. I mean, that says a lot about like how important the friendship aspect is when you get to go to these shows with your buddies, because you, know, you got people looking out for you. You know, had I seen a really cool Enroth? I think we saw Eric, you'd seen one the first day, right? And you had texted Aaron. He's like, oh, this is the best card on the show. You got to buy it right now. And got to get it. Man. <laughs> That's surprising, actually. Very, very surprising. But Anyway, carry on. I I was hoping that I would come across it because I actually, I think I own, I own one rookie of his and I don't own the one that he found. I was like, yeah, that would be kind of like a cool, like representation of a friendship. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I just want to say thanks again for that. That was so cool to to have, you know, both of us looking out for each other and and everyone else, obviously. Um, But but for me, it was really cool because Jean Arena, who is, uh, I I don't know, I can't say it yet, but anyway, she, she works for Upper Deck and uh, I had interviewed her years ago about her '90s baseball designs, especially Metal Universe. Some of the some of the more popular designs with the Marvel influences. I mean, I grew up that set, and I love it to death. And so I got a hold of her, and she said, "Yeah, I'm just hanging out upper deck." And I got over there, and I'm like, "It's so cool for me." So I sit down, and we just just were chatting, and uh, one person did come over and, and just tell her, "Thank you, you know, I love what you're doing, and thank you for everything." And I just got to talking with her and somehow we came to ultra. Everybody is pretty, if you're a hockey collector, you're pretty aware of the new ultra release. That was EPAC only boy, do those designs look absolutely amazing. And I didn't know it at the time, but of course, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the inserts and I get to the meteor shower. I'm like, this card is amazing. And she goes, yeah, yeah. I designed that. I'm like, I should have guessed. Like, of course you did like had her hand in on it. And you start looking through all those inserts in there and you go, that, I mean, it's like a FLIR influence from the 90s. These designs are so 90s and it's no wonder everybody loves them so much because everybody loves those designs from back then. So it was awesome to talk to her and then Eric made his way over and, and he got to, to meet her there for a few minutes too, which she's she's going to be doing some great things in the future. That's all I could say. But uh, yeah, it was it was wonderful. I got to meet her and, and Eric took my picture with her and, and that was a big highlight for me after the fact of getting that awesome Mark Andre Fleury card, I'm like, geez, this, this keeps getting better and better. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then I guess I'll throw it back, back to you, Eric and, and Aaron, you'll like this. This is probably the last part, what we got to kind of end our day with, cause we were kind of feeling it by about four. I'm like, are you, are you starting to feel ready to go? Cause I'm, I'm starting to get to that point. 
Because I think you said, hey, come meet me at Upper Deck. And I was like, this ought to be good. <laughs> yeah. So after meeting with Gene, we kind of uh, decided to go our own separate ways for most of the rest of the day, because obviously on Thursday, I had been in that additional hall. Like you had been in the main hall. So we we're like, let's, you know, kind of switch now and, you know, kind of pick up where we left off, you know, because it wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense for me to either go through the first one or for you to go through the the main one again, you know, so it was like, Hey, like, let's just pick up where we left off and keep going at it. And we'll, we'll see what we find, but yeah, I'll get back to my rest of the pickups for the day and I'll, I'll jump forward to what you were alluding to. So kind of throughout the course of uh, the day, I knew that our good buddy, Billy Celio from upper deck was going to be at the show. And obviously, uh, you know, knew I wanted to, to meet up with them. Um, Aaron, I know you've met him at the expo, but I had not gotten a chance to meet him in person yet. So definitely knew that wanted to do that. And, you know, we had messaged back and forth about, you know, hey, when are you going to be there? You know, we got to make sure we meet up and, and stuff like that. And kind of throughout the course of the day, I kind of wandered past the Upper Deck booth a few times just to see if he was happened to be around, you know, because as you know, Aaron, it shows he will be walking the floor and talking to vendors and retailers and getting feedback, you know, about products and stuff like that. So, you know, it's not just that he's hanging around to talk to people. It's like he's really still like doing his job, trying to gather a lot of feedback so that he can, you know, be putting that feedback right back into the products that he's building. So I knew it might be a little bit difficult. Um, obviously, you know, worst came to worst. We could have, you know, messaged each other and just set a time to meet. But yeah, kind of just kept wandering past their booth from time to time. And fortunately, at one point, uh, I was wandering kind of through the upper deck booth almost. And then he kind of just came walking around the corner and I was like, Hey, like, there you are. Like, nice to meet you. So at that point, um, you know, we kind of talked for probably like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. And then I was like, Oh yeah, like Matt really wants to meet Billy too and talk for a few minutes. So I text Matt and I'm like, Hey, like get over to the upper deck booth right now. And of course you were like on the other side of the whole convention center. So it took you a little while to get there, but you know, finally, uh, you know, you were able to make your way over there and, and Billy was obviously very gracious with his time and, uh, you know, was willing to, to wait for you to come over and, and have a conversation with you too. Oh yeah. And, and of course he started out with some humor. He's like <laughs> some along the lines of, I've got these great designs I'm excited to talk about and don't worry, like Mark andre Fleur won't have any or something like that. He was, he was hamming it up. That's great. But he was, you know, he, he was, he, he was really busy and I was really happy. He took the time to not only talk to us, but he got me excited about a couple of releases coming out. And, and it was great to see his enthusiasm for what he's doing. I know you guys have had him on here multiple times and to also talk to him in person and just see that excitement for products that are coming out. I just feel a little more vested in them already. The new next, the next Allura that's coming out, he's talked about it as well as a couple others. And he talked about this one specific insert that I'm so excited for, for, you know, everybody out there to see, uh, regardless if Fleury is in it or not, I will be like, Oh, I need to make sure I find a copy of this. This is pretty special. So it was, it was the perfect way to end the day for me. Um, I don't know about you, Eric, but, uh, and Aaron, you've met him. He's just such, such a nice guy, guy in person. Yeah. Did it make you more excited when you met him, like about more upper deck stuff after you got done talking to him? I think so. I mean, for me, it was just more like putting a, not so much a face in the name, but, you know, obviously we've had him on the podcast a bunch of time, but just, you know, meeting him and, you know, especially someone who uh, has been on the podcast so much, you know, it's good to meet, uh, you know, a guy like that. So I'm sure Billy, you know, if he's listening, you know, we did get a kick out of that, but just a all around awesome dude. And it was, uh, 
was so great to meet him. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that one uh, insert that it'll be in the next allure. So I guess it's 22-23 allure, if I remember correctly. But yeah, we can't really spill any beans on it, but you guys will know it when you see it. I'll just, I'll put it that way. It it will jump out and you will be like, whoa, like that's pretty cool. So yeah, it was, it was really cool hearing about that and kind of getting some of that behind the scenes stuff that not many people, you know, know about this far ahead of time. So always appreciate those little tidbits from Billy, you know, whether it's on the show or just through Facebook or in person or whatever it might be. So yeah, that was fun. But getting back, I'll go through the rest of my pickups from the day after we split after hanging out with Gene for a little bit, I was like, okay, now I'm in the main showroom. So I'm going to go all the way to the front corner and start weaving my way through the aisles. And probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 booths in uh, is where that decade of dominance card was that you ended up picking up. And it was kind of funny even too. I remember like I sent you the picture and you were kind of like on the fence about it and we were texting back and forth and I had moved on. I had gone, you know, continued looking and then you came around to it and like, well, if they would take this, like, go ahead. So I went back and negotiated it and got it and everything. But just kind of funny how that worked out. But after, you know, a few booths down from there, there was a, a booth that had a lot of hockey dollar boxes. And at this point, I'm like, okay, like, I might as well start flipping through. And, you know, you can kind of tell when you're flipping through a dollar box, if there's going to be something that you might like or not. Like, you can tell if there's, if it's just a bunch of junk or if it's, you know, somewhat interesting. So I could tell that, you know, this was newer stuff. So I was like, maybe there's a Slavin or a Jalmerson I need. So I'll take a look. And I was flipping through and found a few pretty cool Marc-Andre Fleury cards. And uh, I think there were probably like three or four different ones, but, and I was texting you to see if you needed them after I had learned that I should be doing that based on Synergy one. But um, fortunately, these were all ones you already had. So I was able to pick out a, a couple of pretty cool ones for myself. The first one being from 2022-23, Tim Hortons. It's one of the hockey triumphs that is celebrating his 500th win. Solid. Yep. So of course, that being a, a cool piece of hockey history and, of course, being with the Blackhawks, pretty cool card for me to get. So I was happy about that one. And then the other one, just a, an awesome photo on this card from... 2223 upper deck. It's a UD canvas. And again, just a, a really cool picture of him just with a huge smile right at the camera. So fully shows off who Flurry is. Pretty cool card. I will never ever get tired of that picture, those types of pictures of him on cards. I hope they keep doing it after he retires, right? <laughs> Be yes. Best. Absolutely. So yeah, even though they're just, you know, cheap cards it's still really cool to get stuff like that just fun things like you know would i have gotten around to picking those up on comp c or on ebay maybe but you know the fact that you see them in person it's like yep i'm just gonna grab them and you had mentioned this too and i, I think this is a good point to to share about this but you had kind of made the joke but also you know very true as well of you know oh you know eric you had flurry on your mind more you know since i'm here as opposed to if you had just gone on your own which i think is definitely true you know it's easy when you're with somebody else that collects a certain player you know kind of have that that player on the forefront of your mind and you know obviously flurry being someone that i really like too you know i probably was thinking more you know about cards like this uh than i might have otherwise so definitely Definitely kind of a cool connection there. And then moving on, another booth shortly thereafter that had just a huge spread of dollar boxes of all sports. But uh, the guy had a 2020-21 Parkhurst Silver Parallel of Jacob Slavin, which I still needed for my collection. So that was 
another one of those great pickups where I had had one sitting on my eBay watch list for years, but didn't want to spend five or six bucks for it. Got it for a dollar. Absolutely thrilled. So that was great. And then moving to kind of one of the, the most interesting deals of the weekend for me, I would say I was at this booth that was one of the ones that was like a hockey booth. Uh, this guy had, I think, like probably three different showcases full of really nice hockey cards, like Gretzky autos, Gordy Howe autos, Bobby Orr autos, like had some flurry rookie stuff, Bergeron rookie stuff, like all kinds of really nice stuff. And uh, then he also did have kind of some cheaper dollar type boxes. And so I was flipping through those and uh, he actually did have a couple cards that I needed for my 0304 project, which again, the fact that I was able to add for that project, you know, I'm thrilled with. Uh, two cards from the 0304 Be a Player Ultimate Memorabilia set being the Matthew Lombardi and John Michael Lyles auto rookie cards out of 100. So obviously was very happy to grab those. And I had set those aside and was going to pay him. And then I'm kind of thinking, huh, you know, I at every show, I usually bring some cards that I you know can use as traders if need be or whatever. And I was kind of sitting there thinking about huh, you know, I have, a, I have a couple cards that based on what he has in his showcase, he might be interested in. So I, you know, say, hey, are you, you know, looking to buy stuff? And he said, sure, I'll take a look at what you got. So I pull out these cards and can tell like he's immediately like pretty interested in them. It was kind of funny. He wanted to like very thoroughly look at them. So he was like, can I take them out of the one touches and like really look closely at them and everything? And I was like, sure, like no problem. So after a few minutes of him kind of like scouring the cards and everything, you know, he's like, well, what did you have in mind for him? And I threw out a price that, you know, I was kind of aiming a little bit high, knowing that I'm sure there would be some negotiating back and forth. And uh, he was like, well, can you get any closer to this number? And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I know we're going to make a deal because what he had thrown out was like even higher than what my minimum price would have been. So, you know, I knew something would work out and we ended up finding a middle ground from there. So I was thrilled with the amount that I got. He was really happy uh, with the cards that he got. The better of the two was a card that he told me he was just going to keep in his personal collection. So it was cool to know that he was actually really appreciating the cards and not just wanting to immediately turn around and sell them. But what was cool too uh, you know, since that was definitely a bigger dollar sale and ended up being 375 US uh, for two cards. And, uh, you know, as a result of that, you know, we're kind of talking about that. Well, I still had, you know, these two cards kind of sitting on the table. And he was just like, oh, I like, just take them. Like, uh, it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of this deal. So yeah, to get two cards for my for my set there uh, for free, uh, obviously was was great. And I was very happy about that sale, obviously, you know, getting more than I even, you know, could have imagined getting, especially from a dealer at a show. Um, I, I was very happy with that. And uh, yeah, so that was a definitely a highlight of the show to, you know, something to just feel really good about and be happy about. And then probably one of my favorite stories from throughout the weekend, that booth was like very nearby to the, you know, what Matt and I called the Pittsburgh booth. Uh, the guy that had the the flurry jersey and those two really nice flurry cards that you got. It was a dealer from Pittsburgh who sells off a bunch of the Penguins game worn jerseys and locker room nameplates and stuff like that. So we just referred to him as the the Pittsburgh booth throughout the course of the show. So I knew that I wanted to get over there and see what he had. So I went over there and uh, there was this little kid that was at his booth talking with him. And I was kind of just looking around at what cards he had. And they had a, a handful of cards out on the table that they were talking about. 
I couldn't tell if the kid was trying to buy or sell them. You know, I wasn't paying too much attention, but I could at least see the cards that they were talking about. And there's one card I was like, that's a pretty cool card. Like, you know, I wonder what ends up happening. And, uh, you know, so I was like, oh, whatever. He, the, the vendor didn't have anything in his showcase at the time that, you know, was overly interesting to me. So I was like, oh, like I'll, I'll move on and, you know, maybe I come back later and see if he has anything else, whatever. So then probably like a half an hour later, I come back. And I'm like, I wonder, you know, whatever happened with that card, I kind of figured it was the vendors and that, you know, maybe the kid didn't end up buying it. Maybe the guy still has it. Maybe I can get it. So I go back like a half an hour later, the kid is still there. They're still talking, trying to work out this deal, which I thought was just hilarious because it's like, oh, like how long does it really take to hash out, you know, a five or six card deal, right? So I just kind of thought that was funny. So uh, you know, this card is still sitting out there. So I'm like, I, I might as well just stick around and kind of see what happens here. So at this point, I can tell that the kid is trying to sell to the vendor. And uh, so I'm kind of hanging around for a few minutes. And then it becomes apparent that they're not making a deal. So the kid starts putting his cards back in his box. And I, I kind of lean over to the dad and I'm like, hey, like, do you know what he wants for that card? And the kid kind of overhears me say this and, you know, gets interested and we start talking and you know, I was like, hey, you know, what do you have in mind for? And he's not super sure. And the uh, the vendor was really helpful and, and polite and everything. And he said, hey, like it's a 30 or $40 card. Like that's what it is. That's what a fair price is. That's what they sell for. So I was like, okay, like what, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? And he's, you know, he's on his phone trying to pull up sales and stuff like that, which, you know, hey, I got to respect that. Like we've all been there. Like I, I had no problem with that whatsoever. I thought it was pretty fun. So I was just letting him do his thing because we've all been there. And, uh, you know, it's a learning experience for him. And, you know, I was like, hey, like, I'll, I'll let him do his thing. And uh, then, you know, a few minutes later, the vendor is like, yeah, like it's a 30 or $40 card. Like that's, that's what it is. And uh, so I'm like, okay, like, what do you say? Like, let's split it at 35. And the kid like is still like trying to find sales and stuff, which is kind of funny. And the dad at this point is like, come on, like, that's a fair offer. Take it. Let's go. Like, come on. Like, don't be ridiculous. And, you know, again, I'm like, eh, it's fine. Like, I, I respect it. Like he, he wants to do his due diligence and I, I got no problem with that. That's fine. And, you know, after like another 30 seconds or so, the kid's like, okay, fine. Like, let's do it. 35 bucks works. And I know I haven't said the card, so I'll show it off now, but it's from 2019-20 chronology. And it's one of the diamond relic cards. And it's actually number one out of 36. So a cool added bonus of Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm a big fan of chronology. So that is an awesome card. Big fan of the whole thing. That is awesome. Really cool. And it's so well centered well too. I mean, I think Aaron, you've you guys might have talked about chronology a bit. Some of those cards can oh, be yeah. drastically off center. So that one is like spot on perfect. Yes. Yeah. Good observation. They were kind of cards like even when they first came out, I was like, it'd be cool to have one of those. Michelle Goulet actually was in the, you know, the legends version of the product, and he has one of those. So I had always kind of considered getting one of his, but just had never gotten around to it. So, you know, the fact that it was a nice flurry card and, uh, you know, which kind of goes back to what we were saying too, like he's more on the forefront of my mind, you know, that Matt's there, you know, and it's from this set that I have always kind of thought was cool, you know, and being able to work out a deal with a kid, it, it just made for a really cool pickup and a, a really nice story. So that was definitely a, a cool highlight for me. And then fast forward, I continued working my way through all kinds of aisles. And it was a little while until I found this card, but just saw this in a booth that had very little hockey. It was mostly other stuff, but he did have a few hockey cards. And I 
caught this one out of the corner of my eye and it was priced, I would say fair to slightly cheap. So I was like, okay, I can probably get this for even less. So I was negotiating back and forth with the guy and uh, we ended up agreeing to, I ended up paying $45 for it. And it was kind of fun when we were driving back to my parents' house after the show, I was, I was telling Matt about this purchase and just said, Hey, I got a really good deal on an autograph card of a really good player. I paid 45 bucks for it. And I had him just start throwing out names. You know, who do you think it is for 45 bucks that I feel this is a good deal? Who do you think it's of? So you started throwing out, you know, like Mike Bossy and like Guy Lafleur and guys like that. And I'm like, you're not even in the right. You're, you're nowhere close. You're in a center. Of- <laughs> no, I, I skipped him. Sorry, man. I, he's, he's beyond where I would have even just thought, beyond so. beyond. Yeah. Okay. That would have been <laughs> the steal of a lifetime, but no. So then we finally came back to it being a goalie and Matt's like, okay, uh, I don't know, like Grant Fuhrer, you know, and you start throwing out guys like that. Like they're all good guesses. But I'm like, you gotta like you're you're nowhere close. You're you're nowhere close. And he starts throwing out like, I don't like better than those guys. And I'm like, yep. He's like, I don't know. Like, and you start throwing out some other names, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Like, you're not even close. <laughs> like, you're still nowhere close. And I'm like, I'll give you a hint, just go all the way to the top. And Aaron, what was the name that you just said? I guessed Patrick Wah. And you would be correct. Oh, that's awesome. That is so good. Oh, look at that. And I've always wanted a card. Oh, that's the Vault version too. Yes. See, that's so, the thing that I love about Vault. You know, you never know what you can find. I, like, I know people have their, you know, opinions about the product, but me, I like it for, for moments like those when you can get a card, you know, a little cheaper than what, you know, a normal card of his would go for. But I mean, it's just as good. Yeah. So obviously being a Vault version, that's why it was, you know, it, quote unquote, as cheap as it was. But even then, I think this card, or I know a a different year from Signature Series of the Vault autographs sold recently for like 70 bucks. So I was like, okay, yeah, like for 45 bucks, like that's a no-brainer. So I was pretty happy with that. And like, again, like that's very much just like a random pickup that's like, if I see that on eBay, I'm not grabbing it. But if you see it for 45 bucks in a show, you're grabbing it. So yeah, I was definitely really happy about that one. Can't go wrong with a hard sign Patrick Waugh autograph for 45 bucks. So that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, then that kind of brings us back full circle to where we then met up with Billy. And then after that, we're like kind of just like done for the day. And we're like, okay, like, let's go home. Let's get some pizza. You know, we're, we're worn out. And as we're walking out, we happened upon another one of those like only hockey booths. And it was Sal from the Puck Junk podcast. Uh, some of you guys might be familiar with him. And uh, yeah, he. So we were like, hey, like, let's just pick through some of his dollar boxes, see if see if there's anything. And what's really nice about his booth is he had everything broken down into like by player and everything. So you could just immediately say, oh, here are the flurry cards. Let's dig through those. Here are the Jalmerson cards. Let's dig through those. So, I mean, how awesome is that, that the two of us walk up to a booth, there's a flurry section, there's a Jalmerson section. That's the only booth that's like that at the whole place. I guarantee you that. So, yeah, I ended up coming. I, did you get anything from him? I think you did. Yeah, I found an 0910 OPG base flurry, okay. which the, the only time it shows up on ComC, it's like three or four or five dollars. So that was perfect for a dollar. Yeah. So you got something you were happy and then in the Jalmerson section, he had the 2122 OPG Red Parallel, 
which again, you know, you can find it on eBay, but to get it for $2 from him, perfect. And then in the Flurry section, he actually had one of the 2122 Synergy Red Bounty Parallels of Flurry picture with the Blackhawks. Nice. So again, no-brainer pickup for me. So to get those two for five bucks, I was pretty happy with that. Obviously, that was a really great way to end Friday, you know, picking up a few cheaper cards for our collections. You know, we weren't even planning on stopping at the booth, but kind of just ran right into it. And boom, there are cards where guys right in our face. So really great way to end the day and then uh, head off back home to have some pizza. But uh, yeah, I will turn it over to you and you can walk through your Saturday. Well, Saturday, we, we basically kind of hung out for the first two hours of the day. I wasn't planning on meeting my buddy Rob later because we were going to look to buy a box each and leave with it, which I, I did at the end of uh, the show about a Star Wars box. But my goal on day three was to just look through as many boxes as I could. I had basically seen all the showcases. You had basically seen them all, maybe a couple we missed. But like you said, there's all these graded ones. I just, just go right past them unless I see hockey. So... We went to that back corner on the red carpet, which is where a lot of good stuff usually is always. And we went back there and we just, of course, Eric held me accountable. We like started on the end and just kind of weaved our way back and forth. And, you know, that can be difficult because like the ends of those rows, there's like a middle section, right? So you have to kind of look at half of it. Anyway, so as we're going through there, I was like, oh, you know, there's a couple of cool cards I thought I'd like to pick up before I left, like a nice goalie card. Uh, maybe a rookie card of a player that I enjoy watching. And for some, I knew there was going to be a ton of Kobe Bryant cards there. And I did find a really nice tops gold label Kobe Bryant card, like perfect for putting on display, like nice $20 purchase. And Eric goes, well, dude, it came in a one touch. So that you basically paid for the card right there. But uh, so I got a, a beautiful card and I was moving along and, and the first hockey card I bought. And of course with flurry being on Minnesota, I have followed that team, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, have you like to look at that, but I've, I like Matt Boldy. He's an American player. He's a good goal scorer. He's pretty streaky, but man, when he's when he's hot, he's one of the best goal scorers in the league. So I found his Artifacts Acetate rookie card, and I'm sure you're seeing the scan now, but it's it's just the foil on it is beautiful. Acetate cards are, are exciting for me. I've always loved them. So that was a really easy buy at $20. I, I think he's got a, a, a lot of talent, loads of talent. And so Eric, Eric was with me when I grabbed that. He's like, oh, that's a great price, man. I, I, that's easy buy for sure. And we kept working our way around. And in one of the booths, I found a goalie auto. And he, didn't you basically say, Eric, like if I was looking for a goalie auto, that I would have probably grabbed that one too because it was such a good price. It was a half off box. Right. That's right. Yep. Okay. So we're looking through and I like exquisite. I think everybody that's a hockey collector likes their designs. Upper deck does an amazing job with their exquisite cards. And a goalie that I remember collecting when I was a kid in the nineties is Kirk McLean. And I found a really nice exquisite auto for $20 of Kirk McLean. And I felt like that was like an easy, easy buy. So, um, you know, Aaron, you being a goalie fan, I know that you probably appreciate, you know, getting an auto from a great goaltender from that era as well. Oh, yeah. Captain Kirk. Guy's a legend. <laughs> I especially, well, I don't remember it, but the, the stack the pad save he made is, of course, just burned into the memory of all Canucks fans. So what a great pickup. And of course, the brand, you know, you mentioned is just awesome. And they always produce really nice cards within that uh, series there. So, yeah, amazing. It's so exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it. Yeah, I love it. But that Had was to. just a, a really good way. I, I didn't, Eric and I didn't get there. Well, we did actually get there early because we wanted to, to leave 
earlier than than we did the last two nights. So um, we we kind of at least for me, I, I just wanted to look through some boxes and I knew I'd be ready to go at like two or something. So that was just my plan. We covered that entire section in, in about an hour and a half. Saw some really good stuff, obviously, and found a couple of great cards for the PC. And then another, I forgot because I know I scanned it for the podcast here, but um, help me out with the name, Eric. It's, his first name is Mark and he played for the Predators. Is it Melanchek? If I said oh, it right. Merrick Mazanic. Or oh, Merrick. Yeah. Merrick Vizanich. Thank you so much. But Prism Silvers are some of the most beautiful cards Panini ever made. And it was, it was in a dollar bin. So to find a rookie Prism Silver of his for a dollar, that was the last card I bought. It was perfect. So great way to, to end the show and left and opened a box of non-hockey cards. But uh, my buddy Rob opened a couple boxes. He opened a box of ice and he opened a box of Opeachy Platinum. And just to summarize, he hit a Quinn Hughes, you know, the little helmet autographs that they have in there. He hit a Quinn Hughes, which that was nice. awesome to see. And uh, and then he hit a, an Emerald Surge of Eric Carlson, which that's kind of a big card now. <laughs> so I got to see an Emerald Surge get pulled. I got to see a Cosmic and the autograph wasn't, uh, I think it was a purple or, or excuse me, a Violet Pixel auto of somebody I hadn't heard of, but it was fun. It was fun. I don't open wax, so it was really fun to watch watch some hockey get open so yeah overall it was a very good day nice i would say that just based on hearing that that he did pretty well for those two boxes i would be i would be happy if i was in his shoes i mean he did better than about i don't know probably 85 percent of most people that open boxes and so i was very i was very happy for him and uh, he also got a couple cards graded i forgot to mention that he got a carter hart orange uh checkers graded and it came back a 10 so that was that was really cool to see i was very happy for him for that and his other card got a lower grade than he wanted but i mean he got a 10 on the carter heart so could kind of roll with that nice and the uh the kirk mclean reminded me that you picked up another exquisite card earlier in the show oh my gosh thanks for the reminder yeah that's right i don't have my scans in front of me but uh yeah i'd mentioned i thought it'd be cool to get a spencer knight card i knew it'd be cheap his prices are way down right now he's another american uh player american goaltender still really young and I, i'm really hoping that he gets his game back together but yeah you found me an exquisite uh silver rookie out of 299 gosh that card is just so so beautiful it's gorgeous so uh, I, because of that, I, I ended up getting a nice premiere out of seven ninety nine, like a green, I think it was. But it was cool to come away with just a few goalie cards. I put them in my binder, my goalie binder, and they looked awesome. Yeah, thanks again for that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Aaron can appreciate the uh, quote unquote random goalie pickups. Oh, one hundred percent. Cool. So yeah, for my Saturday, um, you know, having already pretty much gone through all of the booths. Obviously, like you said, there was that back red carpet area that I hadn't gotten through, but knew that would be very easy to get through and, and not a whole lot of time. So kind of knowing that, obviously, that was the main, you know, primary focus was let's get through that. And then after that, if I want to circle back anywhere else, you know, great. Yeah, I did not buy anything from that back area. But kind of funny, uh, one of the only hockey booths that was at the show was a guy that had a bunch of like, higher end cup patch autos like limited logos and signature patches and stuff like that that was pretty much like one entire showcase and then he had another showcase of just like literally all young guns like every young gun from the last you know however many years you know if you can think of it it was there um and then he had another showcase that was kind of just like quote unquote more random 
but still nice, like autographs and stuff like that. And uh, we kind of stopped at that booth on the way back to the red carpet area. And we were kind of just looking, looking through that stuff. And uh, we're just standing there. And I'm sure you'll remember this as, as I say it, Matt, but we're standing there kind of just looking in the showcase. And then the vendor is like, oh, hey, Matt. And you're like, oh, like, is he talking to me? Like, hey, like, what? And uh, he's like, oh, no, sorry, like, not you, like the, the guy next to you. And you're like, oh, okay, like, whatever, because my name, my name's Matt, too. Like, I, I didn't know if you were talking to me or whatever. And, you know, so we didn't really think much of it. And then for whatever reason, I was like, wait a minute. So I look over and I've referenced him before on the show, but it was my cousin. You know, I call him my cousin. He's my dad's cousin's son-in-law. So I just call him my cousin to make it easier. But he was standing right there at the show looking through this showcase and talking to this vendor. So I'm like, oh, hey, like I haven't seen you in a few years. Like, how are you? So that was kind of funny because even my parents were like, oh, I wonder if Matt's going to be there. Like, have you talked to him? You know, whatever. And boom, you know, just completely unannounced to literally like run right into him pretty much. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, so then we were going back through the uh, that red carpet area and I didn't find anything for myself, but I did find there was a booth that had kind of like they weren't necessarily all dollar boxes, but kind of just like cheaper hockey stuff. Um, they had them for all sports, but obviously we were looking through the hockey and the guy had probably like 30 ish different leaf printing plates. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I'll flip through those. And there was one of Clint Benedict from an old in the game used vintage memorabilia set. And I know that our buddy, Kurt Johnson, collects some of those depending on who the player is and what the set is and stuff. And I was like, oh, like that may or may not fit into his collection. So I'm just going to grab it. I'll send it to him. If it fits into his collection, great. You know, if not, it was only a few bucks. So, you know, not the end of the world by any means. So decided to grab that. So that was kind of just a cool little fun thing to to do to just grab a card for somebody else and, you know, hope that they can enjoy and appreciate it. So, yeah, I know Kurt already has that card and we've talked about it, but yeah, just really cool to, to be able to find something purely for somebody else and just pass it along and hopefully find a better home for it. So uh, that was fun. And then after we got through uh, that back area, we kind of decided to split and go our own ways again and kind of, you know, say if there's anything we want to circle back on, cool. And I think that's actually when we met up with Rob out in the lobby and we were talking for a little bit and that was pretty fun. And then from there, we kind of went our own ways. But yeah, so after that, I ended up messaging our buddy Jeremy Lee because I knew he was obviously there with Tag. So I wanted to meet up with him and just say hey and, and talk for a few minutes. And uh, I knew that Matt had told him about the Flurry PMG when they were at the dinner on Thursday night. So I wanted to show him that card in person so he could see it. And then uh, also I brought the uh, the Vesna buckle card back on Saturday so that he could take a look at it in person too, because I knew he would just enjoy seeing it with his own eyes. So that was pretty fun. And uh, yeah, just obviously Jeremy's a great guy and really enjoyable to just talk with for a few minutes and stuff. So I always make a point of that at every show that I know he's at to, you know, to meet up with him for a few minutes. And, and that's always a highlight for sure. So from there, I was kind of like, okay, I've seen everything like, what do I want to do? Like, do I want to make another lap? Do I want to, you know, go back to anything, whatever. And, you know, I mentioned Stefan's booth a few times. I had already been there, you know, two or three times. And I'm like, let me just go back over there, see if he's got anything new. Cause I could kind of tell that he was, you know, rotating through inventory somewhat regularly. Like the dollar boxes was pretty much the same and his like higher end showcases were fairly consistent, but 
that like mid end box where that's where I got the Spencer Knight exquisite card from. I could tell that that box he was circulating through inventory pretty quickly. So I was like, I'm going to go back and, you know, see if there's anything interesting there. So going back to Friday, one of the cards that I had sold to the vendor was a Bobby Hall autograph card. So as I'm going back to Stefan's booth and I'm looking through, he has a really cool from Leaf Art of Hockey. Fittingly, it's a red version and it's also fittingly numbered out of nine autograph of Bobby Hall that I got for 25 bucks. So I was like, you know what? Like, that's a no brainer. It's a beautiful card. I just sold a Bobby Hall autograph yesterday. I get another one for, you know, pretty much a third of the price of what I sold the other one for. So that was just like a, a really cool, you know, I was like, I saw it. And I'm like, yep, that just makes sense to grab. It's a just a beautiful card in person. I know, you know, the scan is nice, but it doesn't really do the card justice at all. So yeah, that was just like a satisfying pickup for sure. And I obviously was glad that I ended up going back to his booth. And then kind of, I know, Matt, you had mentioned in that kind of middle room, even though it wasn't huge, there were a lot of quality tables. And I was walking through and there was a guy who had some hockey stuff. So I stopped and looked and he had this really nice, uh, it's from SP Authentic from the UD Authentic set, an autograph of Andre Vasilevsky. So I grabbed that because I saw, you know, his sticker price on the card I thought was really good or at the very worst was fair. And uh, I was like, hey, I can probably get him to knock off a few more bucks. So ended up getting what I thought was a really nice deal on that card, you know, for a, a hard signed Vasilevsky auto from SP Authentic. Couldn't go wrong with that. And uh, he was talking with somebody else that was at his booth. So in the meantime, I started flipping through his dollar bin and kind of funny. He had a Ryan Dezingle autograph card also from uh, SP Authentic from 2020, 21. And I didn't really think much of it because I thought I already had the card. But I kind of like made note of it, bought the Vasilevsky and then left. And then I'm thinking and I'm like, I should probably just check my list to make sure I do actually have that card. So I pull out my phone, pull out my spreadsheet. Sure enough, I didn't have that card. So I immediately scurry back over there and dig it back out. And uh, that was a, a pretty quick buy uh, to get the, the SP limited auto parallel of Dezingle for five bucks, you know, figured again, like, yeah, can probably get it on eBay for about that. But to just see it and grab it at a show, perfect. So definitely glad that I decided to check my list and obviously having needed it, was happy to have gotten it. That just goes to show the importance of keeping a really good inventory of everything we have. Yes. I mean, not all of us can be Aaron Goldstein and have every single card of our player minus like 10. So uh, <laughs> he knows exactly which ones he needs <laughs> when he if he runs into an Enroth. But uh, sometimes, yeah. I mean, I bought a duplicate before, but you know, most times. <laughs> most times <laughs> that was really cool though because those cards are so gorgeous and there's there's still a couple flurries that i've yet to see for sale so yeah great snag at the end there man yeah so at that point i had kind of like i was like okay like i think i'm i'm good i'd actually started to head out i was in the lobby and i was like you know what i'm just gonna make one more walk through of the first haul that i'd gone through on thursday which Looking back on now, that kind of sounds crazy because that's a lot of extra walking and looking and stuff. And I was already exhausted, but I was like, you know, maybe someone has something new that they got yesterday or today or whatever. So I'm going to look through again. So I do that. Didn't find anything. I was like, okay, like I'll head out. And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to stop by Stefan's booth one last time. Just see if he has anything new that he put out in the last few hours. Why not? You know, it's worth a shot. 
So I, I head back over there and uh, I, I feel like pretty much the whole weekend, there were a lot of people at his booth because with these hockey only booths, when you have hockey people at the show and they find these booths, they're spending a lot of time there because they're like, Hey, like this guy is a hockey guy. Like this is you know a good booth for me to be at. So his booth was always pretty busy. And when I got there this last time, it was definitely very busy and I couldn't even like really get all the way up to his booth. So I was kind of like leaning over, trying to like look in his showcase, see if there was anything different. And I could see like half of this card and then could see the price tag. And I was like, okay, that might be something, you know, if I can get a better look at, you know, what this is and make sure it is what I think it is, then, you know, this might be something to, to grab. And so finally, you know, a couple people leave and I'm able to kind of scooch over and get a better look at the card. And, you know, sure enough, it is what I think it is. And, uh, you know, all throughout the weekend, Stefan was great about just being really easy to work with. And pretty much if you made an offer on something that was even somewhat reasonable, he was going to take it, you know, no back and forth, just like he knew, you know, what he wanted, you know, or what he would take for stuff. And if you were in that range, boom, done great. He's not going to, you know, milk an extra $5 out of you. It's just, yep, that's fair. Let's do it. So even at the sticker price that he had on this card, I would have bought it, but I was like, Hey, you know, I might as well try to get a little discount on it. So I threw out an offer and he was like, sure, like let's do it. And, uh, yeah, this card definitely made me very happy that I decided to stick around and uh, put a little bit more time into looking around because it's an extremely nice card just for what it actually is. But the set was very desirable back at the time, had really strong value, and you just don't see these cards. Uh, They were hard to find back then, but they're very difficult to find now if you're looking for them. It's from the 0304 in the game VIP set, which a lot of people don't really know about because it was kind of a like an exclusive type of product that you could only buy if you were, I think like, a VIP within the game. So it was pretty hard to get a hold of. And this specific insert set was really desirable back in the day. So it's from the vintage memorabilia set, and it's one of the short prints out of 10. And it's a skate piece of Bill Barilko. Oh, that's nice. Especially anyone who follows the Leafs really closely, obviously Leafs legend. Uh, that's awesome. Great card. Yeah. So yeah, you don't see those every day. I don't know if I've ever seen a card from that set. Yeah, you very well might not have, especially, you know, a short print out of 10. They just don't come up and they were big dollar cards back at the time. They still have decent value now. But yeah, so just being able to to find that card. And again, that's another one, like definitely a show pickup. Like if I saw that on eBay, I wouldn't buy it. You know, I wouldn't have any reason to grab it. I never even would have searched for it in the first place. But just seeing it. You know, and for the price that I got it for, you know, it was a total no brainer. And again, definitely made me very glad that I stuck around and decided to head to his booth one last time. So, yeah, I mean, to me, that's almost like I would say probably my second favorite pickup from the show after the Ovechkin. So, uh, you know, to have my favorite and second favorite cards be the first and last card that I got at the show was pretty cool. And, you know, once I got that card, I'm like, okay, now I can feel good about leaving. Like, I'm happy. Like, let's call it a day. So, yeah, just a, a really good way to end the show for me. And yeah, obviously, you know, the Vesna rookie card, quote unquote, incident was frustrating and the grades were a little lower than I wanted. But outside of that, I was very happy with the show. Two years ago, I only came away with, I think, six cards. And this time it was like 16-ish, somewhere around there. And, uh, you know, obviously, as you guys saw, a couple of really nice cards. So yeah, I was definitely really happy with my show. And uh, that's about all I have. Is there any wrap up stuff that you want to add, Matt? 
Yeah, well, I, I do want to say, too, before I'm sure Aaron wants to get in here, too, and, and share his thoughts, but it was really nice to see that you were able to bounce back from the way it started. I felt like you started kind of in the middle and kind of dipped way down and we kind of had your, your spirits broken a little bit. And but by the end of the show, uh, you had to kind of built it all the way back up. You know, you were feeling really good about uh, your time spent there and everything. And, and I did, too. I was just as equally, if not more excited to spend time with with you and Rob and Mitch and all those other hockey guys. And I got to see some guys that I had met at 2019 when I was there at the national baseball collectors, we took a big group photo, the guys I do the essential credentials podcast with will Jeremy and his brother, Will's brother, Chris were there. Unfortunately, Ryan couldn't make it, but to hang out with those guys, uh, that was amazing. Uh, just in general, it was beyond what expectations I might've set for myself. But I definitely really was was stoked with the cards. Yeah. And, and the interactions I had with, with that father and son, that was awesome. The dealers were all super nice. All the hockey guys were very passionate dealers, just like we are collectors. And sure, there was a couple overpriced cards that you and I got to laugh about. Like, okay, come on. Like, all right, let's go. But just see everything that was there. Not just hockey, but to see everything that was there. A game used Bobby Orr jersey and like... Babe Ruth bats. And it was just the Honus Wagner card. I mean, I, I could go on and on, but it was an experience and it is something that I will remember forever. I've already hung up my uh, early entry badge that I splurged for because I wanted us to be able to get in. Although Eric didn't have to worry about that. He got a, a media pass. So this dude was, was hooked up from the beginning, but in general, I was very pleased with the trip. And uh, I can't wait to go back in two more years. And that's, it's going to, I have the lay of the land. I'm sure there's going to be the exact amount of floors space opened up. So we kind of know which dealers are going to be where most likely. And hopefully by then they've got all sorts of good loot, as we could say, hanging out. But yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased. I would give it a nine and a half out of 10. I mean, no reason I wouldn't give it a 10 as it was so hot. I wore my, Aaron, I wore my, uh, my Minnesota wild flurry Jersey the first day I was representing, representing hard, you know, and then by the end of that, I had to take it off. But I think at like 12, I was sweating so much. It was so hot in there, but I represented, I did. And that's awesome. I mean, you definitely represented the, the flurry crew and the, and the goalie crew, which is definitely loud and clear, but I think you paid a price a little bit, but that's okay. I'm just going to jump in for like two seconds. If you could name one item, Maybe it could be a card that was just so out of this world awesome. Maybe it was one that you acquired or just a card that you saw in a display case or a piece of memorabilia. You, you mentioned this a little bit, Matt, but if there was one item for, for both of you that you saw at the show that was like, wow, that's awesome, what would it be? Could be hockey or non-hockey, whatever. I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say my favorite addition from the show was the banner auto. I've seen that card many times and it's just perfect as a Penguins fan. It's the 0910 or yeah, the 09 cup. He's in his cup gear. He's got the cup patch. You can see the like the playoff beard. The card is perfect in every way. I still can't believe I found it. But I mean, oh, there's so many choices. I love the Bobby Orr jersey. I keep going back to that. The significance of that jersey. The flurry playoff jersey was cool, but he didn't even, who knows if he played in that when he could have been sitting on the bench in the finals when he wore that Jersey, which is probably why flurry doesn't have it. So I would say the Bobby Orr Jersey. I mean, I remember his highlight. Everybody knows the goal. I was on the very first hockey video I ever watched as a kid. That was my favorite piece there. Just, it just blew my mind to see a Jersey like that there. So, uh, and then the Vesna pad buckle to see that card with my own eyes and the flurry card, of course, too. Yeah. Just, 
I cheated a bit, but the or jersey for sure. Yeah, that's a good answer for sure. You know, kind of funny with the the flurry PMG. I know when we were talking ahead of the show, you're like, oh man, like I don't even know if I'll see any cool or nice flurry cards. And you know, when he said that to me, I'm like, oh, you will. Don't worry, you'll you'll see something nice. <laughs> he sure knocked my socks off when he pulled that thing out of the a case to show. And but it was awesome to know that it. I think I've said this too. It's nice to know that it's in the family of collectors per se. That he's. I know Eric's going to love that card, especially being a Blackhawks and he, hearing about Eric's history with that team. I'm sure you've talked about it on the podcast already. I was like, I mean, it, it put me at ease even more. Like, you know, for some reason, I know if if like push came to shove and you had to move it hopefully you'd think of me but um i'm really happy that it's in your collection and you're gonna love it and appreciate it and to see the tag process that was like a bonus for me i'm like this is so cool man like now i'm convinced so it worked out perfect it all around it worked out perfect yeah for sure yeah to answer your question aaron i would say you know yeah seeing a bobby or jersey you just don't see those every day. You know, you'll see Gretzky jerseys and, you know, stuff like that, but you don't see very many Bobby Orr jerseys. So that was really cool. Um, the same booth, it was a, an auction house's booth, but they had that and the Wagner rookie card. So that was pretty cool to see, like, basically side by side, just like two amazing pieces. Uh, of course, there was the Babe Ruth bat that everyone was excited about. There was a Mickey Mantle graded nine rookie card that I believe that auction house estimated it would be a $6 million card in their upcoming auction. So, I mean, seeing something like that, you're just in awe, like, oh my goodness, like that's just crazy. That was pretty cool, of course. For me, one that really stuck out is there was a different auction house that were showing off some of the uh, the cards that would be in their auction and they actually had a Vesna SGC 20 rookie card, which is the exact same grade that I have. Same company, same grade, same everything. It's the only time I've ever seen another SGC 20. So that was just fascinating to me. But what was, what was really interesting about it is the front of the card is like perfect, like literally almost perfect. And Matt, you can speak to that too. I mean, you look at this thing and you're like, what's the deal? Like, why is this a 20? Like the front of this card is literally like almost spotless like brush out of the cigarette pack pretty much and so you know I, I had seen that card earlier in the show and then on Saturday I, I was like you know I'm gonna go back over and just ask if they're willing to take it out of the case and and see if I can look at it you know with my own eyes because you can only see the front of it when it's you know in their display case so I, I go over and I'm like hey you know do you mind if I take a look at it they're like, oh, sure, no problem. So they dig out their key and open up the case and hand it to me. And I'm like, you know, thinking like, what's on the back of this card? Like the back has just got to be trashed. Like something's going on here. So I flip it over and you could tell that someone had like glued or taped it into an album because on each of the back corners, there's like missing paper. And you're just like, oh, like just imagine if that hadn't happened. And this was like almost a perfect card, like, just imagine how much money that thing would be worth. Like, oh my goodness. So yeah, I, I've, I've been keeping an eye on that auction. It'll be really interesting to see because the eye appeal is just spectacular with that card. So even though it's the same grade as mine, I, I, I would definitely say that's a, a better card to have just because the eye appeal of the front is incredible. But yeah, just to see the same grade of, of my card was really cool because I'd never seen another one. I have a question too, because I, I know that I have an answer in my head, but Matt, is there anything that you came across or saw that you were thinking about buying that you didn't end up buying that you may or may not regret having not grabbed? 
Uh, I, you know, I thought about that a little bit and no, I mean, there was another flurry cup patch auto, but that was the same booth that the guy wanted 120 for the sticker out of that sells for 50. So I didn't even ask about the price. I think he had said a, a hit parade guy had came by and cleaned out his flurry. So that kind of made me go like, hmm, wonder what he had, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it'll pop up again for sale maybe when people open those, those hit parade boxes, but uh no, I felt pretty good about what I got and what I left with. I mean, I left with way more than I thought. So not for me. What about yourself? Yeah, I would say there are three that come to mind. Not necessarily, I would say two that like aren't regrets, but just like, oh, like that would be kind of interesting. The first one, I, I think I've talked in the past about a very distant relative of ours named Charles McVeigh, who played um, in the 20s and 30s, played for the Blackhawks, played for the New York Americans. And there was one of his, uh, those matchbox cover cards that a guy had at his booth. I think it was a PSA five, which is pretty darn good for those cards. I mean, you'll see them in like two and three and sometimes four, but getting a five or above on those is pretty tough. So I was like, huh, like that would kind of be interesting. I already have one. So that's why I didn't end up buying it. If I didn't have it, I definitely would have bought it. But yeah, I think he wanted like 80 or $85. And I was like, eh, like, I don't, I don't like it that much. But it was just cool to see, you know, like, I, I don't know that uh, I've seen any of his cards at a show before, maybe once in the past. But yeah, that was just like, Oh, cool. Like, there he is. That's pretty cool. And then another one, actually, I don't even, I don't think I maybe I did. I think we might have been together at the Pittsburgh booth. The guy had one of the Patrick Kane Dominion uh, frozen moment booklet auto cards. And that card depicts when Kane scored the 2010 cup winning goal. And that's always kind of been a card that I wanted for my collection. And uh, he had it. It was sitting there. He didn't have it earlier in the weekend. So it was kind of funny that he then had it. And uh, he had it priced pretty high. And I was like, like, I just I can't can't justify buying it anywhere near that price. But really cool to see the card in person. And uh, yeah, that was cool. But then kind of one card that I do have minor regrets and we were talking about this too matt having not bought or tried to buy uh, a guy had a 20607 the cup scripted swatches of evgeny malkin so obviously a rookie year patch auto from the cup of a legendary player and uh in my opinion the price wasn't too bad it was probably more than i would have liked to have spent but maybe i could have done a trade sale or you know gotten the price down or whatever but yeah it's kind of one of those cards that again you'd never think of buying it but you see it And then it's just like on your mind and you're thinking about it and thinking about it. And, you know, almost every day since the show, I I keep thinking about like, oh, I kind of wish I had at least asked about that card because that was really cool. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I think I think those are the ones for me. Yeah, those those were there was so many good cards in there. I mean, it, it was tough not to get pulled aside to look at all. I mean, there were so many shields and other other amazing hockey cards there. That was it was just neat to lay your eyes on them even once in person. So yeah, amazing, amazing stuff there. Better than I expected for hockey. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that'll pretty much do it. I feel like we've, we've pretty thoroughly unpacked our experiences. So don't want to, don't want to ramble on too, too much, but uh, yeah, obviously uh, hope you guys enjoyed hearing about our experiences. Obviously, like we said, we had a, a great time and it was definitely a pleasure getting to know you, Matt, and spend time with you. Um, really glad that it worked out that, uh, you know, we could host you and yeah, just, uh, had a really good time, you know, sharing that experience with you and yeah, glad that it worked out and hopefully we'll, we'll do it again sometime, but, uh, 
yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us on the show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed hearing about our experiences. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up, leave it at that. So as always, please be sure to follow us on social media. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Centerize Cardcast and on Twitter at Centerize CC. Please also be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice to make sure you never miss a future episode. Until next time on Centerize Cardcast, keep collecting those hockey cards. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.